warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 279. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Put it over pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's this day has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, and we're the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, all right. How you doing, Jack? <laughs> oh, man, I am ready to start podcasting. <laughs> I know. God damn it. We've been <laughs> talking for about Star Wars for like the past three hours. So, yeah, <laughs> I think we're all kind of worn out ready already. And uh, I'm, I am not ready for this episode. <laughs> yeah, this already feels like a worst episode ever. I think this oh, might be officially God. the first time I've said it right away. Yeah, it's terrible. But we are joined uh, by uh, Kevin Shanks of the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast. Welcome. Kevin, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back here, and thank you for having me back. Absolutely, man. Um, you know what? I want to jump into something here real quick. Uh, Jake, our title, Pop Culture Leftovers, kind of bullshit. Yeah. Kind of bullshit, right? What is bullshit about it? Think about it. Like, it, okay, like we, yeah, we're, we're all like, yeah, we're the leftovers because, like, uh, you know, all the. Uh, all the good podcasts are already, you know, all the good names are already taken, and we're just the leftovers, right? We're uh, we're not experts; we're just leftovers. When you, the title, though, it kind of implies that we would talk about the stuff that nobody's talking about in pop culture, like the, you know what I mean, like the leftovers. Mm, yeah, yeah, like the, all the all the TV shows that no one is fucking. Oh yeah, even mentioning. Welcome to pop culture leftovers. We're talking about leftover news that nobody's talking about instead we're talking about the stuff that everybody talks about yeah that's true that's true i thought that it implied that we were the leftovers not that the, the actual content was leftover i'm just saying i'm just saying the title when you look at the title the title's kind of bullshit like you actually yeah. have to tune into the podcast to find out that we're the leftovers but if i am just a savvy itunes kind of uh user and I'm flipping through and I see pop culture leftovers. 
I'm thinking that these guys are going to be talking about leftover stuff in pop culture that nobody's talking about. Yeah, but we're decent guys. I mean, we don't we don't bait and switch. It's like the first thing we say. I never intended for this to be a problem. I'm, you know, I, I <laughs> this was just something that when I, you know, because we looked at the name from a completely different angle when we did this show. But then I was, I took myself out of that. Uh, I, I just kind of like looked on at our name of our podcast from the outside, and I was just kind of like, yeah, our name's kind of bullshit. Yeah, I'm, I'm start. You're starting to convince me, actually. Where people are going to look at it and they're going to be like, well, you know, I want to hear about Marvel and Star Wars, not whatever bullshit's left over. I'm going to find a different podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. These guys talk about <laughs> these guys are talking about, you know, you know, days fr- of our lives. Well, you know, fringe stuff, you know, that nobody else is talking about. <laughs> and then for the daytime talk. And then for those people that are looking for that shit, that fringe shit, then they listen to us and they're like, these fuckers are talking about everything that everybody talks about. These are not – this is not pop culture leftovers. Oh, Jesus. You're depressing the shit out of me this episode. So like the people we want to listen to are passing us by and mm-hmm. the people that are listening, we're pissing off because we're talking about the stuff that is clearly not leftovers. I don't over. even know how we have anybody to listen to this fucking thing. <sighs> I'm convinced now too. Yeah. You know, another thing I've been thinking about oh, no. recently I- – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you ever watch those? And it's cute and it's fun when you watch them a lot of the times because it's mostly like a PG or PG thirteen affair. These kinds of movies, the uh, the body swap movies, where like the the dad or the son kind of like body swap, or like the daughter and the mother kind of body swap, like the well, like the Freaky Friday shit, right? Vice, vice versa. <laughs> vice versa. That was the uh, Judge Reinhold Fred Savage film. Correct. Wow. Nice. <laughs> of course I know that one. Like, hold on. <laughs> what about, uh, hold on. Let me, look. do you remember, uh, like father, like son? Oh, the name is, who is in that? Dudley Moore and Kurt Cameron. <laughs> oh, yes. Kurt Cameron. For some reason, I knew he was in one of those body swap movies. You know what's really fucked up about those movies that they don't really address? And I know, like, didn't uh, what, what, Ryan Reynolds did one with uh, was it Jason Sudeikis? Ryan, no, Jason Bateman. It was uh, yeah, Jason Jason Bateman. Yeah, they pissed in the fountain. They switched bodies. That was a funny movie, anyway. But um, in these movies, they don't talk about the ramifications the of of the son or the father having to use their penises. <laughs> right nice now all right i'm getting to where you're coming from with talking about the ratings of these movies we need the r-rated swap movie well i mean yeah i, I mean yeah we get the pg or the, you can't tell me that fucking like you know fred savage is holding his urine in the entire time he's or just not looking down as he's taking a piss he's literally has to like when he takes a piss he's got to hold his dad's dick <laughs> Yeah, I mean, unless he's just freeballing it like the whole time. Isn't that crazy, though? That's not crazy. And all these, I think, like in all these situations, and I, I could be wrong, but I think in all these situations, like the father is like not is like single or maybe dating somebody. They're never with like the mom because like then you get like Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold, and then which sounds really dirty when I say it out loud, but you get Fred Savage inside Judge Reinhold's body, which sounds even dirtier when I say it like that. But, like, you get that, and then he's married, and then, like, let's say mom, like, wants to get it on that night. 
I mean, at that, I think at that point that the the writer comes up with an excuse. You know, he's got the headache or something. I don't know. I'm just talking about the mental trauma of the character with the mother basically probably doing things that, you know, like a married couple, like when they have sex, it's not always like, uh, you know, you got you to gotta do the, the sweet talk and stuff. Sometimes it's just like she rolls over on one side and it's just like, okay, there's my there's my opening. You know, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, if you thought walking in on your parents doing it fuck, yeah. fucked you up for life, wait till you wait till this version happened. So not only are you having to like hold your dad's dick in your hands just so you can do something that every human being on the planet does to relieve themselves, now you got to worry about your mom wanting to fuck you. Yeah, I I hear where you're coming from. None it, of these... it did not touch the dark side of Mm-mm. body swapping in no. movies. No, there's no. Yeah, and they always make it look so fun. Like, no, I'm the dad, and now I get to tell you what to do. No, it's not. No, <laughs> I it's... can eat whatever candy I want. <laughs> no, you gotta hold yeah. your you gotta hold your dad's dick, and your mom might try to fuck you. Like these, <laughs> like it's not about like you getting to drive now. No, no, no. <laughs> no one's going to tell me I can't drink beer. <laughs> Wait until you're in the driver's seat when your mom's trying to ride you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's weird. Those uh, the body swap movies, they, they don't tackle everything. They really don't. They really don't. They, you know, and eh, I don't know. And like, what if what if they did that? No, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. What, yeah, what if the son's dick was bigger than the dad's? <laughs> I'm starting to think that I bet the uh, pornography <laughs> field has uh, covered this subject quite extensively. Oh, yeah, like the, like, uh, like the porno version of the body swap things, right? Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I have to imagine that exists in multiple forms. I'm sure it does, yeah. All right, guys, let's... Uh... But then you never get any of the fun driving or candy eating. Yeah, yeah. It's just the fucking... <sighs> That's true. Um, do I have the, where's it? I gotta pull up the jingles. Here we go. Alright, let's move on into <laughs> iTunes reviews. All right, first one. What the fuck was that? Oh, that's an old... See, I rebooted my computer. That's an old bumper. Sorry. I'll have to get the right one in there. Um, let's see here. This first one comes from uh, Meatloaf Reviews, and uh, it's titled uh, Favorite Podcast to Listen To, and it's a five-star, and it goes on to say, Is good. Seven out of seven meatloafs. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, that is very weird. Meatloaf review, seven out of seven meatloafs. Okay, I'm not a meatloaf guy. Oh, I love meatloaf. Oh, meatloaf can go to hell. I hate meatloaf. Yeah, you're just not eating good meatloaf. What the fuck? Yeah, I think that's probably true. I, I I've not really had good meatloaf before. Oh man, I, I I'm a big fan of meatloaf, but I I, I only like it. Oh, sorry, I only like fuck this episode, right? This episode's like the ketchup on top of a meatloaf. God, I, oh, that's a perfect description. Yeah, ketchup on meatloaf. I see. I don't, I don't add ketchup to the meatloaf. I use a, I use a tomato paste on top of the meatloaf. Ah, uh, sounds better. 
It's good. I don't use the crackers. Crackers are too heavy. I use cornflakes in my meatloaf. No, like crunch up, crunched up cornflakes. Yeah, I don't use the I don't use the crackers. Crackers are too heavy, thick and heavy. And I use cornflakes. It's good stuff. What a fucking stupid review. Seven out of seven <laughs> meatloaves. The fuck. Got us talking. Get the fuck out of here. The meatloaf. Is that shit. some sort of other podcast or something? Is that? I, don't know. I mean, I don't even understand. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's like is it a rating system for his little stupid meatloaf podcast? Like maybe it's, <laughs> I don't know. Like is he? Or maybe does he like like meatloaf? Is it is it meatloaf the singer? Yeah, I and mean, I would I, do anything for love. What what would he? You know what he's talking about. But I won't do that. He was talking about body swapping with his son. Maybe it was <laughs> yeah, the son. That's it fucking was, weird and wrong. He was like, "I'm not gonna fuck my mother." <laughs> but I won't do that. No, no. <laughs> that's what that song means. He's like, "I just body swap with my dad. I'm not gonna do mom. No, no." Yeah I, yeah, I saw that in the behind the music special. That's old news. Yeah, he's like, I'm not gonna bang my mom. <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Fuck that. I, I even he's like, I even have a problem like holding my dad's dick to take a piss. <laughs> he's like, you really want to go down that road? I mean, <laughs> that, you saved that for Bad Out of Hell three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's Jake. That's the uh, only iTunes review that we got in two fucking weeks. Oh, that fucking hurts my soul. Yeah, seriously. Fuck all of you. Fuck every last single one of you listening right now. <laughs> uh, fuck Meatloaf, too. Fuck that Meatloaf review, too. Terrible. <laughs> fucking terrible. Oh, I think that might be our worst fucking review we've ever had. I couldn't even, I didn't even have time to attack it before you were all over that shit. That yeah. was a rarity. Garbage. Terrible review. Uh, if you could do me a favor here, uh, vote for our, our buddy Nana and Blurred's R Us in the British Podcast Awards. I've included a link to where you can vote in the notes. And if you vote, send an email to brian at popcultureleftovers.com with the title Blurred's. Uh, and uh, that is spelled B-L-E-R-D-S with a screenshot where you voted. And I'll read your name backwards on the next show. Um, I uh, posted... Uh, uh, a link on Facebook, and I'll also read all your names backwards on our next show, Jake. That's awesome. Yeah, Nana, and those guys are great. I've heard on good authority that the uh, Game of Thrones recap episode is pretty damn hilarious. Awesome. Yeah, so check it out, everybody. And I was actually on their episode 100, uh, me, Dan West, and Rebecca, so give that a listen as well. Um, I would like to take a minute here to mention our sponsors over at Impact Theory Comics this week. Uh, this is a new independent publisher, and they're releasing their first comic, uh, Neon Future. It is not about a body swap where the son is forced into a uh, Neon Future where he has to fuck his mother. I don't know. We've only read one issue. It could make that turn. It could make that turn in the next episode. You never know. It could be a big twist. Uh, the comic is actually a collaboration with world-famous DJ producer Steve Aoki, and it's written by the Eisner Award-winning uh, writer of Justice, Jim Kruger, uh, artwork with by Neil Edwards and Jeremy Rapak, 
And uh, the world, the story is about the world is in grips of an economic crisis due to mass unemployment. Advanced technology has been outlawed. The world is now divided between those with implanted technology and those without. When the world's most famous anti-tech crusader dies and is resurrected using the illegal technology he has sworn to eliminate, he must decide who to fight with his terrifying new powers. Um, I, it's a great comic book, everybody. I've read the first issue. I'm going to have them send me the second issue. They asked if I wanted to continue reading it, and I said absolutely. Uh, and I think if you're a big sci-fi fan, you're going to love this one. So go over to your local comic book shop and have this one uh, added to your pull list. And uh, this the first issue actually came out March 20th, so you can read it now. And you can read it for free if you give IT Comics a follow on Instagram. It's at IT Comics on Instagram. And then they will, uh, from there, I, they'll give you, I think it's a link to a free digital copy of uh, Neon Future. So um, otherwise, just go to your local comic book shop and then have them add it to your pull list and check it out that way. So. Yeah, Jim Kruger's no noob. I mean, he he's a longtime established writer. He's done a lot of big stuff for both Marvel and DC. And yeah, check out his original work here. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, I mean, I can I can echo this that um, I did do that. I followed them on Instagram, and I I have read the first issue, and I loved it. Nice, so awesome. Um, I, it's I mean, I'm not a I'm not a person to read a lot of comic books either, and I absolutely loved it. So mm-hmm. I mean, definitely check it out. Yeah, at least get the free digital issue. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, this is a, a new comic book company, and for them to come out really strong with a really good comic says a lot. So I'm really excited to see what uh, Impact Theory does in the future. Um, let's move on in to Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more Leftover Reviews with Good Pop. Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. First thing I want to talk about here real quick is uh, the lack of iTunes reviews. Fuck all of you. You fucking suck. <laughs> One fucking iTunes review, and it was for a guy giving us seven out of seven meatloafs. Seven, seven, a seven-scale rating system? Jake, what the fuck? And it's meatloafs. Yeah, it. Did, my palms get sweaty at an odd-numbered fucking rating system that isn't five so yeah get the fuck out of here with that yeah jesus christ anyway i uh, i watched uh the silence on netflix did either of you get a chance to see the silence on netflix i did not i did not either uh the story of a family struggling to survive in a world terrorized by a deadly primeval species who have evolved for millions of years in the pitch darkness of a vast underground cave system, hunting only with their acute hearing, as the family seeks refuge in a remote haven where they can wait out the invasion. They start to wonder what kind of world will remain and when they're ready to emerge. Um, it's, uh, it's about an hour and a half. It's a movie. It's not a series. And uh, it's like 90 minutes. Uh, it's directed by John R. Leonetti. Uh, he's known for his work on uh, 
Annabelle, the first one that isn't uh, isn't good, and then the he, shit one, yeah, the shit one, and he directed uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, uh, the, <laughs> the the Mortal Kombat that uh, isn't good, and um, he was the but he was also he was a cinematographer <laughs> for The Conjuring and Insidious Chapter Two. Um, this one stars Stanley Tucci. And wow. Yeah, I know, dude. I, if you would have given me 50 guesses to name the lead of this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's fucked up, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's fucked up. It, it, it stars Stanley Tucci. Uh, it's also got Miranda Otto in it. Um, she played, uh, Eowyn in the Lord of the Rings films. The, the woman that, uh, that, uh, killed the Nazgul in Return of the King. Yeah, I did. From, uh, she was from, uh, She's uh, what was she? What, what? She was that corrupt king's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where were those? Where were they from? Uh, starts with a T. I think it's, does it start with a T? Uh, start with an M. I want to. Th- I want to say it starts with an M. Maybe your dad's name is what starts with a T. Everything starts with an M in that fucking series. Mordor. Fuck. Now I want to know. Now I want to know. I was. I was thinking. <laughs> like, she was like. I keep thinking of like she's Lothar of the Hill People. Was it? Was it <laughs> Lothar of the hill people. <laughs> I don't know why oh. I associate her with Lothar of the hill people. <laughs> some reason. I was trying to look this shit up, and that that made it impossible. Um, this. Uh, oh, they're from Rohan. Rohan. Yeah, Riders of Rohan. There you go. The writers, writers of Rohan that we completely ass, forgot about. Yeah, the writers of Rohan, which uh, starts with a – what did you say you started with, Jake? A T? An R. An R. <laughs> you were right. Guess who else is in this fucking thing? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Tracy Morgan. No, I. It, <laughs> John Corbett. <laughs> what? John Corbett. Uh, you guys remember him from? Uh, he was in Northern Exposure, and then he was in a bunch of. Oh, he's in uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. He was the love Sex interest. In the city. Was he in Sex in the City? He was also. Yeah. Do you remember when everybody confused him with Dan Cortez? <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember? Yeah, that was hilarious. They, they, like Dan Cortez even addressed that at yeah. one point, I believe. Like every, I mean, back in the nineties, man, it was like I would always confuse them too, like John Corbett and Dan Cortez. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That Northern Exposure guy could get real extreme. Yeah, I don't know. I was just not. Uh, what's Dan Cortez up to now? Mm. Probably not very extreme. Anyway, this this silence movie. Um, it's. It's 100% a ripoff of, uh, of a quiet place <laughs> where you have like monsters that they can only hear you. They have no sight. And if you make a noise, they're going to kill you. There's uh, just like in a quiet place, there's also a deaf daughter in this one. And, um, this is weird. A quiet place stars Emily Blunt and the silent stars Stanley Tucci, who is married to Emily Blunt's sister, Felicity Blunt. <laughs> you following? Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the Kevin Bacon part. Yeah, I don't know. there's no six degrees. Um, the, this movie, it just like when I, I don't know. I saw like you know Netflix sends me these emails and they're like the silence. And I was like, oh Stanley Tucci, I like him. 
I'll give this a shot. I was just like, man, they're doing another one of these fucking, they did the bird box thing where you, what was it? Bird blocks where you had to go around blind. If you saw something, it'd kill you. And now they're just like, <laughs> ah, fuck it. Yeah, Quiet Place was a huge hit. We'll just do a rip off of that. And this movie reminds me of those movies where they try to capitalize on like a popular film by ripping them off. Like, but they take like lesser stars and add terrible special effects. And, you know, like when you go to, remember Jake, like, uh, or like, I don't know, like when you used to go to like family video or blockbuster and you'd, go down the wall and the aisle and you'd see like, oh, there's Transmorphers. And that was like the Transformers ripoff. And then, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear your rating. You know, I, the more you describe this movie and we kind of laid out what the guy's film credits have been, I mean, yeah. it, it sounded like this potentially could be a terrible bad time. Like, you know, like yeah. you could have fun. It could be just so shitty you have fun. It's weird, man. This it, this is like one of those rip-off films like Transmorphers, but they take slightly better actors that are, you know, better well-known and they actually they add better slightly better special effects. Like the special effects in this one are not they're not perfect, but they are better. Um you've got these these monsters and they look like prehistoric, like they look like a prehistoric, like hairless bat that have like no eyesight, and they've got like um, piranha teeth, and uh, they've been trapped underground for millions of years, and now you know this expedition kind of like accidentally released them onto the. I earth. can't imagine they're happy at that point either. No, they're pretty pissed off, and they're flying around and killing people, and it's just like this plague on Earth now, and. And uh, I love Stanley Tucci as an actor, but he is not cast in this. He's not good in this movie, in my opinion. Like, I think is he a hero character because I can barely even imagine that. Yeah, it is. It is so weird. Like, there's a scene in this movie where I'm just going to spoil a little bit here, but it's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, John Corbett's character. He plays Glenn, who's. I, he's like either his friend or his brother. I can't fucking remember. It was just I. It's I didn't care to like. Ooh, I can, let me go back and find out who Glenn is. Like it's either his brother or his buddy, and uh, he's in danger and die, of dying in this in this scene. He's he kind of like flipped over his car and he's bleeding out and shit. And it's Stanley Tucci is like the whole time he's so calm about this. He's like. Don't worry, I'm gonna get help. Everything's gonna be okay. Like, don't worry about it. Everything's gonna, and everything is so projected. Like, you know what's gonna happen here. Like, his Glenn is asking for like Stanley to like give him his gun. Like, why would you need your gun in this moment? Um, jeez. So, you know, he doesn't. I thought he was gonna end up like killing himself, but it, it. It's just a, it's a, I don't know. It, Stanley Tucci is just not good in this movie. He is not meant to be like the hero character. And, um, it is weird. There's like this cult that forms very quickly after like this whole event happens. Like literally like the world has just like been released. Like this plague has been released. Like these prehistoric creatures have been released. And now like this, this weird cult has formed where they're going around to different houses and, and, trying to steal young girls that they believe are um fertile which is it's just so all this happens in the course of a of a 90 minute movie <laughs> sounds awesome it's weird um there's there is some fun stuff and cool stuff that happens in the movie like 
Stanley Tucci turns on a wood chipper at one point and like they're attracted to noise. So like all these fucking things start flying in the wood chipper. Um, all this being said, I know I sound like I shit on it. I'm going to give this a taste it. Um, cause I would watch a sequel and like, this is a perfect length for this type of film. It's stupid enough, but fun enough at the same time, um, to watch. It's just easy to watch. It's, just an easy to watch film. It, it was not great. It was, <laughs> but I would watch a sequel and see where they take this world in in the next film. So I will give it that much. Yeah, I mean, ninety minutes sounds like the perfect length for this kind of this kind of thing. Anything longer than that, and yeah. I can imagine you'd be pretty checked out. Yeah. Um, I did see Hellboy. Did anybody else see Hellboy? No, no, I did not get a chance to see Hellboy. Okay. No, I decided to watch a movie instead of that. Another movie. Uh, no, yeah, I actually, my, I tried to see it in my fucking A-list, apparently. I didn't know how it worked, and all three of my in-game pre-purchases uh, prevented me from seeing any movies until I see one of those fucking in-game movies. So. Yeah, just take one of them off, dude. Just hold on yeah. to two of them. Yeah, I guess that's true. Probably the <laughs> I've probably got, the yeah. latter one. I've got two. I've got two endgames reserved on mine, but like I will each day I want to go see a, like one of my three movies for that week, I will just rotate it off. You know? I did not know I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like an Yeah, end, it's it's simple to do. I'm like an All right. end, endgame master, dude. Like I I actually Oh you mean A list, yeah. I did I, uh, I did not know how to work the system. An A list like master, yeah. Like um yeah, I had uh I actually had like a, one of my A-list uh um reservations wouldn't drop off. I tried to cancel the reservation and it dropped off, but it was still it wasn't in my the ticket was not there, but it was still listed as an A-list reservation. So I ended up calling them and they ended up giving me a refund for it and added like 15 bucks to my account. So not only do I nice. have like my three movies that I can watch that week, but if I go over that three, then I can use that $15 to like purchase a movie. So yeah, I thought it was pretty bogue that I, I assumed when I prepaid for those tickets that it would be re- reservations for those weeks. I didn't realize how it was working, that those were my three for this week, and they stayed my three for that week until it actually happened. Yeah, so, just, just, yeah you got to work the system, I guess. Just get, like, the one that, like, the furthest endgame one that you've got out. Like, if you got one for Saturday or something like that, just cancel that one, you know, or wh- whichever one that you think you can actually still make. That makes sense. That's yeah. that's great news. I guess I can see a movie tomorrow now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hellboy. Yeah, this is based on the uh, Dark, Com- uh, Dark Horse comics by Mike Mignola. Uh, Hellboy caught between the worlds of the supernatural and human battles an ancient sorceress bent on revenge. This is directed by Neil Marshall. This film stars David Harbour in the title role alongside Mia Jovovich, Ian McShane, Sasha Lane. She was in a movie I watched a couple months ago called The Misdirect, uh, The Miseducation of Cameron Post with, uh, Chloe Grace, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. It was a good enough movie. Uh, Daniel Day Kim is in this movie and he's in the role that was originally Alex Grind's role, but then it got like, Alex Grind stepped out of that role because it was originally an Asian character, so he's like, I'm out, you know, after people were kind of like complaining. So, um, I remember this. Uh, this is a reboot of the, uh, Guillermo del Toro Hellboy film series. And, uh, it's the third live action film in the fr- franchise. And, um, 
it draws inspiration from a bunch of the different comic books uh, from Hellboy Darkness Calls, uh, The Storm and the Fury, Hellboy in Mexico, The Wild Hunt. It's all it's kind of like an amalgamation of all those. And I uh, let me just start off by giving my rating. I'm not going to I'm going to toss this. This was fucking mm. awful, fucking terrible. And I don't know. I can kind of tell you what the problem is. Um, it doesn't matter how much like gore and violence and cursing you put into the movie. If 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 you're not buying your main actor, if you're not buying every, anything that's happening in this movie, you're. Just, I love fucking David Harbour. I think he's a great guy. I, I, I'm so happy that he's finally, you know, he's been working in Hollywood for 22 years now and he's finally got like his big break here. He's a, he's a terrible Hellboy. Like terrible. Terrible. Oh, terrible. Man. Not funny. Not good. Terrible. And um, that makes me so sad to hear that. I, you know, it's like I, I I wanted to get on here and be able to say like, because I like him. I think he's a good guy. I love what he does on social media. I think that he's, you know, he's, he interacts with his fans and he's just such a. I feel terrible saying this. Like I feel terrible, but he's so bad in this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to like a lot of people are hating on this movie, and it would have been nice to hear you say he was a good Hellboy. It's just the movie was a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that. Mm-mm. If you can't even get the lead right, then that's off to a shaky start. Um, you know, like when this news was first announced, I was dead set against this reboot. I was like, I wanted to see what Guillermo del Toro could do for the third film. I wanted, th- I wanted that. And the more news that kept coming out about this, I kept warming up to it a little bit. And then, like when I saw that mm-hmm. R-rated sizzle reel that they recently came out with, I was just like, Oh my god, this looks incredible. This, the trailers and stuff like that were just, in my opinion just really great cuts and they were showing us some really cool things that happened in this movie. There's a lot of big things and a lot of big action sets, action pieces that happen in this movie. It feels like just things are just happening in this movie and you're never invested in any of the characters. I, the humor didn't work for me. Um, the beginning of this movie is it's kind it, it's kind of fun. Like the beginning of this movie, I was like, okay, this might work. This is just weird. It's quirky. You've got Hellboy uh, attending a luchador Mexican wrestling match where he's <laughs> trying to pull his buddy Ruiz out of his undercover uh, undercover mission here, and he's trying to bring him back to the BPRD. Um, but now Ruiz is like this wrestler, and he doesn't want to leave. And then we get this, you know, this really crazy fighting scene between him and Ruiz, who is now a monster, and it was silly and it was gory and I was thinking like this could be fun and the more and more this movie went along I realized like I saw like the 15% on Rotten Tomatoes I was like come on this is just critics whatever like you know they're probably like planting their Guillermo del Toro flag like no you know and Ron Perlman and this and they're just pro del Toro that's not the case. This is this move movie. It moves really quickly. There's not a lot of downtime, but there's, you never get attached to any of the characters. The humor doesn't work. Sasha Lane is terrible in this movie. Her character is horrible in this film. 
Um, Mia Jovovich, I, I don't know. Uh, she hangs out with this pig monster that reminds me of Bebop from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> the humor is stupid in this. It's not good. I did, I did not laugh. Um, it, there are two post credit scenes and it sets up for a sequel, which will probably never happen. And I don't see a Hellboy live action movie being made for a long time now. Um, we might get a Hellboy series on Netflix or Amazon or something like that in the future. They might resurrect this, but I mean, if this does not perform well in the box office, I, I can't see him going forward with this. This was, this this movie was a mess and it was not good. Mm, yeah, that's that's a shame. You know, I I also kind of warmed up to the idea of this, and then once the, everything started rolling in, it, it it just started looking worse and worse. And I'm not one to bend knee to critics and think that you know I'll still see it and think for myself. Yeah, but yeah, it's your complaints are kind of stuff that drives me crazy. Like I just I like solid story progression, and it just kind of sounds like it's a bunch of vignettes all slapped together it really is there's like a whole scene of like um him going on like what's supposed to be the equivalent of a like an english fox hunt but it's like a group of men and him going out to hunt giants and like it's it's you know it does help progress the story a little bit but it's just like i don't know it's this movie is just it is just terrible. It is, it is so bad. What was yeah. what was the budget of this movie? Do you know? I would. I think. I think it was between. Oh God! I would. I, I'm not even going to guess. I I was going to say between eighty and a hundred, but I could be wrong. A million. Yeah. Wow. I, I would have guessed so. between thirty and forty. Who knows though? Oh, I, yeah, I could be wrong. I could just, CG I is so cheap these days. I think they're only estimating somewhere around like ten to twelve million this weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be completely flop. <laughs> I don't know. Let me look up this budget on Wikipedia. Or that's how I was looking it up too. Yeah, if you can find it, let me know. I could be wrong. I, I fifty million. Fifty. Yeah, fifty million budget. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um. But yeah, it's not good. I wouldn't recommend seeing it in the theater. It's not good. Like the gore, the gore too is just senseless as well. Like it's not fun. It's not cool. Um, yeah, to me, the whole draw of rebooting it once I started warming up to and it warming up to the idea was, you know, treating it more like the Magnolia comic and just playing it a little bit more seriously, but you know, still having all the wackiness and. I don't know. It sounds like they just kind of too much tried to mimic what they already did, but make it a little bit more R-rated, and it just didn't work. I think like I think like there's only a there's only a handful of directors that could handle something like this and do it right. I, th- I think Guillermo del Toro is one of them. I think he I, I loved you know Hellboy, and I, I thought Hellboy Two is even better. Um, but I think Sam Raimi could have tackled this and and knocked it out of the park. I think. You know, I, I, that's kind of like what my mm. wit, wish was for Hellboy. Like, if you go back and listen to some of our past episodes, I talk about how, you know, I wanted it to kind of be like what they did with Ash versus Evil Dead, where it's still funny, but the violence and the gore is, 
you know, kind of gross, but still kind of you laugh at it, you know, like when when Ash gets like sprayed in the face with a bunch of blood and it's just ridiculous, you know, (laughs) but but you can't not laugh. I mean, but none of this was fun and the gore was just kind of senseless. And and, I mean, you got hell demons like ripping humans in half. And it's just like by that point, you're just like, this is (laughs) you just don't care. The movie's just not good. Violence and gore. I mean, that just for the sake of having violence and gore is never a good thing. I mean, it's got to have, you got to have reasoning behind that. And it's, I mean, the only thing that even kind of works in is those saw type movies. I mean, but I mean, this sort of movie that definitely won't work. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess a, a positive note to any of our listeners out there that are, that also saw this movie and hated it. Um, you can get the two animated movies on most streaming services right now for super, super cheap because the new movie is out. And I think you've, you've seen these, Brian. These are yeah. both excellent. The uh, Sword of Storms mm-hmm. and Blood and Iron, I think the other one is called. Yeah, that sounds right. I think they yes. they were free to watch if you had the Roku channel. Yeah, yeah. I've, just, I've seen them plastered all over the place. And I highly recommend if you have the sour taste of this movie in your mouth. Uh, seeking the animated movies out there they're actually really super fun i think mm, they're really good uh, i think both of them are voiced by ron perlman yeah i believe that is correct um selma blair and doug jones mm-hmm. are also in them i think too yeah um let's see i'll talk about one more thing and then i'll let you one of you guys take over did either of you see pet cemetery the new one no no i've been stuck in in game loop Jesus yes, Christ. I did. Yeah. Okay, you saw Pet Cemetery. Yeah, get rid. Of, just take one of those off and go see a movie. <laughs> Jesus, I, <laughs> I didn't know I had Doctor Strange like powers and I could alter the timeline here. Yeah, just so uh, I could see something else. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Lewis created his wife Rachel and their two children, Gage and Ellie, moved to a rural rural home uh, where they are welcomed and enlightened about the eerie Pet Cemetery located nearby after the tragedy of their cat being killed by a truck. Lewis resorts to burying it in the mysterious pet cemetery, which is definitely not as it seems, as it proves to the creeds that sometimes dead is better. This one stars Jason Clark, John Lithgow, and Amy Simons. And um, what did you think, Kevin? Oh, um, I, I I need to probably preface this by I made the decision to go see this, and I just lost my cat, and I probably made the wrong decision oh, man. to go see this. <laughs> Um, because my cat looked exactly like church. Oh, cat. Uh, but that being said, I really, really, really liked this version of Pet Cemetery. Um, just jumping out at a rating. I mean, I would high taste it, um, and borderline Tupperware. Mm. Um, I really liked it. I, I really loved a lot of the changes that they made. Um, because it was different than the original, was different from the book in a lot of parts. Um, and it's Pet Cemetery is my favorite Stephen King book out of everything. Um, it's my very first King book that I read that way back when, and it's still my favorite. Um, but without I mean, obviously going into spoilers, some of the changes they made, I think worked. Some of them might not have worked as much as, I mean, I would have liked, but, um, I high taste this all day long. Yeah, I'm gonna echo a lot of what you're saying here. Like I, uh, I'll also give it a high taste. That I, I, I thought it was slow in parts, but it, it was still very engaging because you had some, you had some great acting going on here. I thought Jason Clark was really good, and and uh, John Lithgow was fantastic in this film. 
Yes, I, I loved him. I thought he was so good. Like I, he sold me in this movie. I, I, um, I thought the changes were really cool. Like I, we all kind of like you know know the story. We you know, and and there are some. There's 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 a slight change in 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 the middle of the movie, and there are big changes <laughs> at the end. So, I mean, if you're if you're, I feel like one of the big changes was highly publicized, right? Yes, yes, that's that's the first one I'm talking about. That yeah, happens. that one like, was I mean, directly in the trailer. Yeah, like that happens in the trailer, but that's not where it stops. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, like if you're a, if you're a pet cemetery purist, like you. You could walk out of this and hate it, like if you wanted an exact like book to, you know, book to film adaptation. Which I know, like even like the 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 original film didn't didn't do, you know, uh, and like a a lot of this that they took um, from this it comes from the book, but then they, they then they do then they do make some big changes here. So yeah, they they deviate yeah. in other ways yes. that the original one didn't, um, and. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely different <laughs> and I, I kind of like my reboots and remakes a little bit different anyways. I mean, I don't want to see the same story over. Right. Um, and so some of the changes I thought were great. Um, but I, uh, the, the one thing I, I did notice, I mean, Jason Isaacs, his, uh, was he doing or something Jason, funny? J- Jason with Clark, his... Jason Clark. Oh, Jason Clark. I'm sorry. Um, uh, was he doing something funny with his voice? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I noticed there was something. Does he normally talk like that, or was he putting on a little bit of an accent or something? Um, because I just couldn't get over his voice a little bit. It just kind of irked me a little bit. I don't know what it was about his voice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was his voice really for me. I felt like um, I have to, yeah, I have to watch that again. Maybe maybe it'll stand out a little bit more. I felt like they didn't do a great job of setting up like the family dynamic in this one. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. They they didn't. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, and I felt like you know t- another thing that I felt like with his character kind of like losing his mind, like. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just because you put dark circles under his eyes, I'm supposed to buy it, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I felt like I felt like John Lithgow was putting on, like on a fucking clinic acting in this movie. Oh thought, yeah, right. I mean, just from his, I mean, his overall look. Yeah, I mean, and his acting job. I mean, yeah, I, I can't say anything bad about him in this movie. I mean, so terrific good. role. So good. And yeah, Jason Clark was kind of like the guy in this movie that I was not sold on. For, he kind of stood out. Like, and Jake, you're going to, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to like the part where him and Gage switch places and Gage has to hold his penis. And then <laughs> that's, you know, they do like this whole Freaky Friday thing. And that was kind of a weird. No, but. How uh, how gory was this movie? Uh, I I <laughs> it gets gory when it needs to get gory. Like uh, yeah. the John Lithgow on the stairs thing had me oh. <laughs> kind of oh god, especially you know me tearing my Achilles tendon last year and then having to see that I I felt that um, yeah that that's the same thing that happens to me when I have other like when I see. Knee knee injuries and leg injuries. Yeah. I've had those in the past. It just makes me ache and hurts. Yeah, um, seeing that stuff. Yeah, and then like uh, just um, 
I don't know, seeing, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say it's too gory. No. I was just, I was just curious. Yeah. It's not like shock horror by any means, like no. as far as sensationalism or anything oh, like that. Definitely not. I mean, I think the goriest parts would be, um, without giving anything away, I mean, obviously church mm-hmm. dying. Yeah. Um, and maybe that, that part that was in a trailer with the, the scalpel and the Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I also give it a high taste. It. It's, it's not perfect, but man, I, I'm glad I saw this one in the theater. And, and, uh, even though, I mean, even though there are, it's very slow at the beginning, I felt like the conversations and the, and, and, and John Lithgow were, uh, engaging enough to just keep me, keep me rolling with this film. I, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and what I also loved, um, was kind of a holdover from the original. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the song at the end that they played, mm-hmm. I mean, over the credits, um, in the original in the 89 movie, it was the Ramones song, Pet Cemetery. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. Um, and they actually, over these credits, had the same song just covered, uh, by a different band. Uh, which I thought was pretty a good kind of homage to the original. The pet cemetery itself looked really visually amazing in the movie too. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right, so yeah, high taste. It's I and you know honestly, like if uh, I w- if you haven't seen uh, Hellboy or Pet Cemetery, I would skip the Hellboy and just go straight out and watch Pet Cemetery. Like that would be. If you want to get your horror fix right now, this would be the be the one to see. Um, let's see here, Kevin. I'll pass it off to you. What uh, what do you got for good pop, bad pop? Oh, um, let's see. The first thing that I've got is um, has anybody watched the Act on Hulu? No, I haven't. No. Um, do you know the story of the Act? On <laughs> I do not. Um, it's it is um, the Act is a is a new American anthology true crime drama series um and this is the first season of it on hulu i believe um and this season basically follows the life of gypsy rose blanchard and the murder of her mother Dee Dee blanchard um uh, and this happened back in 2015 actual events um Dee, Dee blanchard was actually murdered i um, reviewed the documentary about this on the show yes yeah this was and that uh, is uh it was hbo documentary dead and mommy dearest i believe yeah i i yeah i reviewed that on the uh, okay so i i've seen this promoted on hulu and uh mm-hmm. i'm dying to hear what you think about this because i i thought the I, I thought the documentary is fascinating so yes documentary was fascinating um this I, I originally heard of this story of follow I mean I was a longtime listener of the Sword and Scale podcast. I love my true crime stuff. They covered this way back in fifteen when it was actually going on. Um and I um so I knew about it and then I watched that HBO documentary. Um and then my wife started watching this because I didn't even know it existed on Hulu and now I've obviously finished it and I'm gonna or I caught up to it. Um, have been up to the latest episode, but I have, um, uh, I will high taste it as well. Um, I can't necessarily Tupperware this thing because they do make some changes and fictionalize some of the stuff that occurred, mm, which yeah. I find that you didn't need to do. Um, because I mean, the, the, the series starts Patricia Arquette as Dee Dee Blanchard, 
Joey King plays Gypsy Rose. Um, Anna Sophia Robb plays Lacey, which is an original character for the show, but she's based on another person in Gypsy's life. Um, Chloe Sevigny uh, is Lacey's mother, who's also another original character, kind of fictionalized character based on somebody else. Um, I, it's that wasn't. I don't know why they actually did that. Um, there was really no need to do that. But I mean, obviously the story is um, like a Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Her mother was fabricating illnesses and disabilities, made her believe she had leukemia and asthma and muscular dystrophy and all sorts of other things. Um, and her mom ended up being murdered. Um, but it goes into the story. And if you've seen, obviously you've reviewed the, the uh, documentary. Yeah. So, um, but eight episodes long, each 50 to 57 minutes in length. So pretty easily watched. Um, I, again, I high taste it. The only reason I don't Tupperware it is because they did add some fictional events to it and characters. Um, I, I, if you haven't seen that documentary, I would highly recommend watching that first. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's I mean if you like that sort of documentary style I mean th- th- that information is important and that is the actual story. What, what streaming service was that on? Um, that used to be on Netflix last time I knew. That sounds right. Um, but yeah, I mean like I mean Gypsy was convicted of, of second degree murder and she's serving her ten year prison sentence right now. Yeah. I mean. Due out in twenty, well, in twenty twenty five is when she would be out. Who names her kid um, Gypsy? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Gypsy, <laughs> Gypsy Rose. Yeah, I, I, but again, high taste the the the, the act. Um, uh, it's it's actually gotten on her nerves because she's actually come out. She's in prison and has been talking or whatever, and she has actually said that she will take legal action against the show and its creator. After or in some way, um, of but, she just wants uh, money. Yeah, I, like yeah, like she hasn't I, been given enough money when her and her mom were lying to everybody. I feel bad yeah. for. Her. I do feel bad for. Her, you know, I mean, that's a fucked up life that she led. led you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. But I mean, she's. I don't she, think she needs to be in. I mean, she needs psychiatric help yeah, and not in de- prison. But yes, I agree. Um, but I mean, oh again, high taste it. I yeah. highly recommend watching it though. Yeah. Oh man, she's uh Oh, it's it's such an odd story. You got to watch that documentary. It's such an odd uh it's such an odd story. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, and those sort of stories, I mean, they they don't come around very often yeah. and good thing, but I mean, it just makes for makes for great TV obviously, but I mean, yeah. it's just like you said, an odd story. Yeah, she's an Oh man. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, she, cuz she she came off as like a completely different person to everyone that was in contact with her. But like, then they get her in like these interviews and she's just, uh, yes, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so, so high taste that one. Yeah. Um, the other, really the only other thing or other, two more things. Um, and I believe, uh, this just quickly, this has been maybe Jake has talked about this, um, if I remember right. Um, but the soundtrack show, have you talked about this before? 
I think no, I have not talked about it on this podcast. No, okay, I've, I've definitely brought it up. It's okay, my favorite podcast. Yes, I because because you had said something somewhere. I had picked up this podcast, and um, I highly recommend this. <laughs> if you like music, if you like movies, um, if you like, I mean, a look at film scores and soundtracks, um, and the in-depth look at them. Um, I mean, the podcast has covered the music of Super Mario Brothers, which is one of my favorite episodes, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, um, Harry Potter, and the most recent episodes have been about the Empire Strikes Back music. So um, the guy that um, is the host, David Collins, he's a voice actor, sound designer, writer, mixer, composer. Um, he's worked um, with LucasArts on many of the Star Wars video games, Knights of the Old Republic, Lego Star Wars, Forced Unleashed series, um, done a lot of voice work for other, the Uncharted series, The Last of Us, God of War series. Um, he's knowledgeable as fuck. I mean, he is awesome. Um, I highly recommend it if you, if you like that sort of soundtrack experience and getting to know the stories behind the, the music itself and the movies, um, Tupperware, that, that, that entire series, that entire show. Yeah. Collins um, is great. He was actually at star Wars celebration this weekend doing a, uh, panel about the music of phantom menace for its 20th anniversary i was really sad that i was working and couldn't watch that on stream but yeah he's great he's been knee deep into star wars too you can hear his voice in every movie that's come out since episode seven he's just some random voice over some intercom and all the latest star wars movies so he knows his shit when it comes to star wars music and Man, yeah, it's just such a great podcast. And you don't really have to be schooled in music or music theory either. I mean, it's super accessible, I think, to people that really don't even think of themselves as, like, big music guys. Yeah, oh, but yeah. Do they, exactly. do, do they, does he have a fucking review from uh, our meatloaf guy? <laughs> no. He probably only gets six of six meatloafs or six of seven. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, you know. He's probably getting really good reviews from people that leave great reviews. He's not getting this meatloaf bullshit. <laughs> he, he doesn't have to wait two fucking weeks for a fucking review, and then the only review you get is uh, a fucking meatloaf review. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure he does get a two weeks caliber of review than fucking meatloaf. Yeah, two fucking weeks. <laughs> two fucking weeks. I haven't read reviews, and then I get the read reviews, Jake. It's a seven out of seven meatloafs. Yeah, I got excited. You're like iTunes reviews, and I was like, all right. Yeah, I know. Shit. Yeah, if it's one star five and then the song and all that <laughs> shit, and it's like, yeah, here they come, man. We wait for them. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm, I like this podcast. It's really good. Seven out of seven meatloafs. <laughs> That's what I, I, I was, I'm forced to fucking read that shit, Jake. <laughs> That's my life in that moment. Like, that's what, like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like, in that moment, my, like, we have a segment where we read iTunes reviews. We do it every show, unless it's like a movie show. But if, if it's a regular episode, my, uh, my job at the beginning of the show is to read the iTunes reviews. And this fucker makes me read that shit. My, my <laughs> purpose in my, in my life is to read this guy's seven out of seven meatloaf review in that moment. I gotta take time out of my fucking day in this fucking show to, to, seven out of seven meatloafs, Jake. <laughs> yeah i i do want to i would like to hear back from this guy i would like to know more about what the fuck's going on here 
I don't know. Like, like the whole meatloaf scale. Are we, like, yeah. Like, uh, does he expect any of our listeners or us to even understand this? Just because he's like Mr. Meatloaf or whatever the fuck his iTunes reviewer's name is, does it? It doesn't. Like, like I don't know. Like, are we? Is he letting us in on some kind of like inside joke? Like, I don't. Jake, I don't get it. Yeah, did we say something about meatloaf like fifteen episodes ago that we, we've forgotten about? I like, know. What the fuck? Or is this just come? Like, I don't know. Like. Is this like this guy's uh, shtick? Like, I'm the meatloaf guy, you know? And it's like, yeah. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> seven out of seven meatloaf. Oh, and, and all of his friends know him as said meatloaf guy. And they're all, you know, it's like, oh, there's that wacky meatloaf motherfucker. And they're probably more tired than that. Right? Oh, Ugh, don't mind him. He's oh. the meatloaf guy. Yeah, they see him, like, and they turn the corner and they're like, oh, my God, go the other way. It's a meatloaf guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, seven out of seven, right? I get it. Okay, whatever. Could you go over there? I'm no, and it's like I'm going to HR in that moment. If he's, you know what I mean? I'm going to human yeah. resources and complaining about Meatloaf Man. <laughs> Any interaction with Meatloaf Man going straight to human resources. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Yeah, love that you brought up the soundtrack show, Kevin. They're doing uh, Fellowship of the Ring next, I believe. I saw. Yes, and I'm, I'm going to love that. Um, uh, so yeah, that's great Tupperware that, that show. I, I, I'm glad you had said something about it before because I had, I had never heard about it, um, and picked it up and I've listened to every episode so far. Um, other than that, um, uh, really just real two more quick things. Well, one of them's probably not so quick and I'll do the other one first. Um, but, uh, Another podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So, um, uh, podcast the ride. Ever heard of that? Podcast the ride. Yes. No, I've never heard of it. Um, are you are you an amusement park fans? Theme parks attractions. Yeah. I like, oh yeah. I like them. Yeah. Um, podcast the ride is a show all about theme parks and attractions. Um, they the hosts. Uh, there's three hosts, and they are people that have worked in the business um they've cut they they basically um all they do is talk about theme parks and have guests on and talk about attractions and the the history of them and behind the scenes they've covered um a lot of disney of course um, indiana jones stunt show great movie ride small world um universal's wizarding world of harry potter what about Me- um, meatloaf the ride what about that one they do that one meatloaf the ride I, i'm not sure i want to be on meatloaf the ride <laughs> i would ride any ride but that right <laughs> <laughs> um but like i mean just yesterday they they um released an episode of the amazing adventures of spider-man um the the attraction at universal orlando how, how is this how, this is crazy to me that they're doing a podcast about how i mean because you would think like this would be such like a visual thing that you would need to see that well, it's bizarre because like, i used to watch as crazy as i used to watch the travel channel when they'd go to like um the amusement parks and stuff like that same and, and um just kind of, you know, like, oh, because I, I would watch that and every once in a while I'd be like, oh, God, that park looks amazing. Like I, I wanted to go to a water park and they did like a whole special on Wet n Wild um, in Florida. And so I, I ended up going to Wet n Wild and I had a blast. But it was like a lot of like what prompted me to go there was like seeing it on TV. Like how are how are they making this engaging by just like talking about it? 
Um, well, I mean, they, they talk a lot about the history behind it, the stories behind them. Like, the, they they cover like uh, Disney's haunted mansion oh, in a couple cool. of different shows. Yeah. Like the stories behind the building of them, the stories of the attractions themselves. Um, then they'll have a, a guest on to talk about it as well, their experiences with it, if they've got some behind the scenes information or some knowledge about that. Um, uh, it, it, it's engaging from a way. I mean, I don't know if you've. I mean, Defunct Land, that was like on YouTube and other places, if you've ever heard of that, uh, where they, they cover, have covered like old amusement parks and old rides that have failed and they're kind of in, in lore, amusement park lore. Um, I, that is something similar. That's more of the history behind certain rides and certain attractions. I, they're very engaging people from what yeah. um, everything that I've heard. I mean, they're hilarious. They're very knowledgeable too. It's basically um, everything we're not, right? <laughs> no, don't say that. No, I just, I totally did. Now we got a fucking, we got a meatloaf review at the top of the show. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I'm not going to lie. I was right there with you, Brian. I, I'm I, the whole time. I'm thinking this sounds like the most boring podcast ever. No, you should. It sounds listen, uh, no. to, listen to. Uh, I would say listen to maybe their most latest episode, um, the Spider-Man one, the Rock and Roller Coaster one with Aerosmith's good because they start they talk about like um, like how the ride works, how they got the holograms to work and the mm-hmm. video to work and the the. The information behind that, what was going on when they filmed a lot of that and um, when they um, – the rides themselves. I mean if you are a true theme park person that loves that sort of thing and the history behind those things, you'll, you'll, you would love this and you'll Tupperware it. Um, if you're not that sort of person that likes the history behind a lot of things and um, a kind of the background knowledge of a lot, um, you probably won't like it. All I'm um, saying is like – I, I don't know. I I think that uh, I, I think it sounds cool. I think it sounds cool. Um, I would uh, I would listen. I'd like to know about the history of stuff, but um, you'd think that uh, part of like the enjoyment of the rides and stuff like that is just like uh, being on the ride. You know? Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. Uh, I I think it's interesting. I think so, some of these rides probably have some interesting stories about do they get into like the architecture and construction and like i don't know it, it I, there's a lot of history i'm sure with like the haunted mansion and shit with that oh yeah like one of yeah Disney's about how rides. like walt disney wanted it to look a certain way and when it didn't look that way he got all upset and and did i mean they had to construct it and i, I mean they didn't want it to look like yeah. a rickety old house i would and, like a ride where you get to where you get like uh his uh, frozen body sit next to you. Shotgun. <laughs> like, I would, I would like that too. That'd be fucking. That wouldn't would that be, be? That'd be a fucking cool ride. Like, hey, what's that? What? What, uh, what were you? What were you off doing? I was, uh, you know, I was going to. The, I was getting like a fucking lemonade. What'd you do? Oh, I rode that ride where you get to sit next to Walt Disney's frozen body. I've always wondered why they didn't have popsicle shaped like Walt Disney's frozen body. Oh you my god! Like Walt, Walt. Sickles. That would be. That would be awesome. Walt Sickles? Yeah, I like yeah. that, Jake. That's good shit. I'm yeah. like the the biggest Disney fan and that would be that would be the best. I would oh, love man. to be able to go to Disney World and buy a Walt Sickle. A Walt yeah, it'd Sickle? be like a bomb pop too, where it'd have the three colors. Dude, it's like man, it's like you go you go in like fucking July and you're just like it is hot as fuck. Let's go ride 
that Walt Disney ride where you get to sit <laughs> next to that block of ice known as Walt Disney and get cooled off for a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah, until you find out it's the longest line in the park, man. Oh, I know. Everybody wants to get cooled off because it's a fucking hot day in July. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And like, you don't know, like, where's he, like, where's he gonna be? Like, which one? Because they can't have two Walt Disney's. Is he gonna be at Disney World? Or is he gonna be at Disneyland? Like, where are you going? You gotta go to California or Florida to ride this oh. ride, Jake. You'd be yeah, in Florida. It sucks, man. You plan out your vacation and I know. fuck, he's in the other one. It's like, oh, fuck, they shipped his fucking frozen <laughs> ass over to California. <laughs> <laughs> A ride where you ride next to a fucking frozen corpse. That's fucked up. <laughs> I like how we're selling it. How you, you cool down for the day. I know, but you're, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's the ride where, like, it's a hot fucking day. And, like, if you're down, if you're sitting in, even in, if you're not even sitting next to him, but you're sitting, like, downwind, like, back behind him. You're getting hit, you're getting hit with a cool breeze. You get almost better. It's almost better to sit behind him. It's not it's not almost better. It is better. Yeah. It's oh man, like what what'd you do? Oh, I looked at the back of Walt Disney's fucking head. By the, the back of Walt Disney's dead head on this fucking ride. <laughs> tell me tell me about that podcast the ride. Tell me about that fuck. Tell me give me the history on that thing. They, they probably would. <laughs> they would, wouldn't they? Was it the Simpsons that had uh, his frozen head animated in that uh, floating jar in the future or something? That's Futurama. Futurama. Yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right. Dead, dead. Sorry. Fucking All dead right. Disney. Walt Sickles. That's great shit. <laughs> mm. All right. So the, the only other small thing um, – uh, I've been watching rewatch or trying to rewatch the entire series of ER. Um, I obviously that's an old show. I mean, ended in two thousand nine. Um, I didn't catch it at the very obvious. I mean, when when it first aired, I didn't watch the first like ten seasons. You know who they're so not I'm- reviving on that show? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this the second person we've had review ER? It is. I think it didn't June review it. Well, I'm I'm not reviewing it. I'm just saying it's it's fucking terrible to rewatch 15 seasons, 331 episodes. Okay. (laughs) What's the what's the other more modern medical drama? Why don't these people move to the uh, Grey's Anatomy or something? There you go. Yeah, because that that show sucks. It's terrible. (laughs) Man. But other than that, we'll, we'll we'll completely skip that since no one wants to hear that. Um, I and I think Brian, you were going to talk about this probably, but Black Summer. Oh yeah, Black Summer. How, how many episodes in are you, man? I finished it. I Did finished you? it all in one day. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, I just I I started it today. Um, I got a text message from Scott Shooty earlier. Uh, I think it was today or yesterday. He sent me like uh, sent me a message like, "Hey, are you watching Black Summer?" And I was like, "Oh, that's the uh, that's the Netflix zombie series." I said, "I haven't started it yet, but I plan on watching a couple episodes." And I have. I watched two episodes so far, and I didn't stop because I wasn't into the show. I only stopped because like I had to do the show, this show, uh, Pop Culture Leftovers, and so I, I'm definitely going to get back to it. Um, this is, I mean, Kevin, I, 
I'm two episodes in and I'm really digging this. It's kind of a, it's an amalgamation of like American zombies stories mixed in with European zombies. Cause like these are not like the slow zombies. Yep. They, they move like, um, like very, uh, the, like the European, like, uh, uh, what's that? Fucking like twenty eight days, days later. later. Twenty eight days, days later. later. Oh, twenty eight weeks later. Jake went extreme and gave it an extra twenty days. He's like, <laughs> I know. I was confusing it with Nick Nolte. Forty eight hours. Forty hours. <laughs> Another twenty eight days later. <laughs> but um, Kevin, I, I, I'm digging this show, man. I, I'm I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. Two episodes in, I, I think it's fantastic. Uh. Tell me about the whole se- – like, don't spoil everything, but, like, what do you – I mean, I- I'm going to guess that you're going to give it a Tupperware. You you binge the fuck out of this thing. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start with I Tupperware the fuck out of it. I, I love zombie stuff, um, yeah. which is kind of funny because I could only take about a season and a half of about the, of the Walking Dead. Um, I gave up on that after about a season and a half, um, and I can't stand it now. Um, obviously can't jump into it now, but I can't, I just couldn't take it. Um, but I love zombie apocalypse movies and, and TV shows. Um, but this is a zombie apocalypse drama series. Um, it's actually a prequel to the series, uh, from the sci-fi series, uh, Z Nation. You ever watched Z Nation? I never watched, was that the DJ Qualls? Yes. Show? I never yeah, watched. I never watched that, but I did see something about this being a prequel to that. And that had me worried because I didn't know if that was a good show or not. Um, I, I personally love Z Nation. I would, the first like three and a half seasons of it. Uh-huh. Um, it was canceled after five seasons. I didn't like the really the last season and a half or so. Um, but, um, this is kind of like a companion prequel series to it. Yeah. Um, I, this was just released two days ago. I mean, um, Black Summer. I mean, it's eight episodes long. Each episode runs about 22 to 44 minutes. It's wild. Yeah. Like the first episode was like 40 minutes and the next one was 35. And it's just like all over the place with the, I, and I kind of love that. Yeah. The last two episodes, it's, they're like 25 minutes and 22 minutes or something wow. like that. They're very, they're short. They should have been combined. Um, but this 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 series is produced by the Asylum, which is kind of funny because I mean they they did Z Nation and they they've done this Sharknado series. Um, they're the ones that when you were talking about Transmorphers earlier, yeah, um, they're the ones that did Transmorphers. <laughs> the, the Asylum. The Asylum is yeah. the movie production studio company that do those B movies and those mockbusters. And, and they did this. They fucking they did, did this. this. So yes. you can't tell me that like they don't that they don't have some <laughs> some talent because this is good. Oh no, they have they they have talent. This yeah. I mean, and I really think they have talent. I mean, and they, if you look at the the number of things they've done, and I mean, they make those. They, I mean, whatever they're called, mockbusters, but the blockbusters, kind of the alternative, I mean, have you the seen, cheaper version. Have you seen Atlantic Rim? I have not seen Atlantic Rim. <laughs> okay, watch Atlantic. It sounds kind of like a porn, but well, it's. Oh, yeah, I was, I was thinking the same. It's, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the mock off of kind of uh, Pacific Rim. But you can watch it if you want to watch it. Mystery Science Theater three thousands last season did a an Atlantic uh, Atlantic Rim riff. And I would highly recommend watching that one. It was really, really good. 
Yeah, they've got they've got probably a good eight or nine movies every year dating back to like 2005 or so that they've done. Yeah. Um, but this is the company that does those movies and they That's did great. this. That's great. Um, based, which is pretty neat, I think, for, for what this series turned out to be. Um, uh, the plot, I mean, it's a zombie apocalypse. Uh, it's basically six weeks after the start of the zombie apocalypse. Um, a mother is separated from her daughter um, and they go on a journey to find the daughter and there's a small group of American refugees that they encounter. Um, and basically it's getting to finding her daughter is really what it is during the summer of a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it throws you right in there. Um, it doesn't explain a lot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really need to explain a lot. Um, it stars Jamie King, um, as the mother. She's, I mean, I recognized her from her parts in Pearl Harbor, Sin City, my bloody valentine 3d um she was in the tv series heart of dixie she was also the voice um of someone in the clone wars star wars clone wars series can't remember who she was the voice of though um uh there are about a, 10 other actors who i didn't even recognize from anything um like i said i binged this in one day and tupperware the fuck out of it and I highly recommend watching this over something like The Walking Dead. Yeah. You get a much better view of what it would be like in a zombie apocalypse, I think, if it was actually, I mean, if something like that it's, actually happened. It's crazy. There's like a, there, I'll just point out like one scene. There's a, we're, like you said, we're six weeks into the zombie apocalypse and people are starting to change already because it's, it's all about survival and it's all about getting, you know, gas for vehicles, getting a vehicle, getting a, a safe place to stay. And there's a scene in the, I believe it's like the first or second episode. I can't remember, but, uh, there's a, there's an older woman probably in her like fifties and she's in a car and a guy is basically begging her. To, oh yeah. Like to, to, you know, would you help me? Let me get in the car. I, I'm a man. I'll help protect you. This, that, whatever my family needs, you know, we, you know, and so they have this long conversation. She ends up trusting this guy, opens the car door to him and the guy gets in. And first thing he says is get out of the fucking car. And she's like, I can't believe you're a horrible person. You're a horrible person. He's like, get out of the fucking car. Next thing you know, like another guy like opens the door to the car, starts beating the shit out of him. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's, 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 and then he gets in the car and then, you know, and, and, and then the story progresses from there. But it's like, that's the kind of world that we're living in now. It's, um, It, and uh, these zombies are not the slow zo- lumbering zombies that you'll see in like the Romero films or in The Walking Dead. These are like the 28 Days Later zombies that move fast and and uh, it's very gory. There, there's curse words. Uh, it's it's a lot of adult content. I'm two episodes in. I cannot wait to finish the series. This is probably going to be something that I'm going to be like binging tomorrow to finish. But uh, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. I, yeah, I'm glad I started okay. it. Oh, I, uh, damn it. He, he knocked over my beer. God damn it. Uh-oh. <laughs> <sighs> Guys, can, can I pause? I got to clean this up. Yeah. yeah, that's fine.
Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, my cat knocked over my beer. That's the thing that happened. So, <laughs> thanks a lot. Thanks a lot there, hee hee. You're wonderful. Alright, there you, uh, yeah, it's like your head is a fucking magnet for these bottles. What's going on? What is going on? So weird. You know, like those, uh, you know those, those, those guys that have those metal detectors on the beach and they're like looking for fucking like, uh, metal? it's like my my cat's fucking head is looking for beer bottles right now that's that's where i was going going that could be a talent yeah take advantage of that i know yeah exactly yeah here's my amazing cat and his beer bottle attracting head Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I could show up on Letterman's Pet Tricks segment, oh, Jake. <laughs> Deep cut. I know that hasn't been a thing in like a decade or a couple decades. <laughs> yeah, a couple, a couple of them, <laughs> maybe three. Yeah, Black Summer. Check it out, people. It's on Netflix. It's about zombies. Oh, I'm burning out on zombies. I got zombie fatigue. Shut the fuck up. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I guarantee these these fucking zombie fatigue people are they aren't. You act like Jake. They act like they've been clockwork oranged, watching zombie shit all fucking day. Like they, like they've been hooked up to this this fucking machine with their eyes, their eyelids. Like oh, I'm watching. This is the fifth time today I've watched this Dawn of the Dead. Like shut the fuck up. Give it a chance. You and your zombie fatigue. You, you, and and the, the vampire fatigue drives me crazy too. Like you're sitting around watching. Oh, like you're sitting around watching fucking Twilight all goddamn day. Sparkling vampires and shit. Sparkling vampires. <laughs> uh, two hours felt like a lifetime. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just saying, like, you, people need to be watching what we do in the shadows on FX right now. Oh, that's yeah, that's excellent. It's yeah, excellent. It, yeah, there's aces in every genre. That's exactly. for sure. But I, yeah, you, you do kind of get a bad stick in your mouth once once you've seen a bad one. I hear you, man. Like, I love the first three seasons of True Blood, and then like, dude, those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, Kevin. Did you watch True Blood? Yeah, I've seen every every season, and I you're you're correct there. <laughs> Once that, they started uh, getting the fucking fairies, man, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" With yeah, this I, I I I suffered through all of those yeah. all of those episodes, and it was I, rough. I probably would never watch it again. But those first couple, two to three seasons, yes. I loved. Yes, you said you know the actor that played Lafayette died. Oh yeah. Man, that's yep. sad, man. I like that guy. He, he died was, a while ago, I yeah, thought. Yeah, it was a few years ago. That's sad. All right. So, yeah, Black Summer. Check it out, people. It's a Tupperware for me for the first two episodes. Kevin finished it. Knocked it out in fucking like a – you knocked it out in a day? Yeah, knocked it out in a day. And the only other thing I would say about it is the way they tell the story, um, basically from the different perspectives of the entire group – um, in like five to ten minute spurts or whatever. Yeah. Um, is, is a really good way to tell it because sometimes they'll revisit a scene and then take it from when two, like an, a, two or three of those people went off and did something else. They'll, they'll revisit that original scene and then take it from that point in time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's a really good way to tell the story. It is cool. Um, I, I remember like there's a scene where like there, you see something happen, mm-hmm. uh, in a car. And then later on in the episode, you see, like, the, like, what happens later with that car driving off. Yeah. Like, and it's really cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, it's a good way to tell the story. And, um, I, 
I think it also brings a little bit of realism to a lot of the zombie stuff. I mean, no one, I mean, not everyone can just pick up a gun and be a good shot. I mean, it, a lot of these people don't know how to react when they have a giant or a, a, a person running at them, bleeding from their head and their mouth. I mean, yeah. people don't know how to react. I mean, they're, this isn't like a, a TV show where people know how to react in a zombie apocalypse and know that you should take someone out at the head or go for the head or whatever. Yeah, um, people yeah. don't know that. Yeah, you saw like uh, you saw like the one guy who like was shooting at the zombie at the beginning of like the first episode. And he's like shooting in the chest and just going nuts and finally that headshot takes him down. Yeah. yeah. I mean people don't I mean they're kind of thrown into this situation. They have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah. They have no idea. They've never experienced this. They they've never picked up a gun. They don't know how to shoot. Um I but I'll just say that there's an episode later on that's just insane with <laughs> guns and mass chaos and, and everything so uh, but again last thing I'll say is Tupperware the fuck out of it uh, there's an episode where uh, frozen Walt Disney becomes anime <laughs> can't, do, can't do anything cause he's frozen comes a zombie but he can't do it all you see is his eyes batting back and forth cause he can't move he's frozen he's in a popsicle you might as well thaw him out at that point. The whole purpose of freezing him was to avoid all that. The so whole purpose of freezing that. him was so you could throw him on a fucking ride and stay cool on a hot day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's just secondary. <laughs> that's fucked up. The man gives us this beautiful gift of Walt Disney World, you know? Like the little mouse and shit and all these fucking, uh, you know, this old place where we can gather and uh, bring our families. It's a very family-oriented place. But you know what? You know, it, it does make sense. I would, it's like now your family gets to spend some quality time with them <laughs> on a ride. You know what I mean? Next to the man who gave you all this. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know that his expression never changes. Like when it takes your picture, you know what I mean? On the ride, on the roller coaster, you know, when the roller coaster like snaps your picture and you get, you get down at the end of the ride and you get to go to the monitor and you go, oh, there we are. And like, there he is. There he is. No, it's the same. Always the same. Always the same. Always the same. There's Walt. Always the same expression. That's crazy. Isn't it crazy to think that they, they, they got him frozen somewhere? He's like, just, just. Just some dead body chilling in ice, Jake. My next thought was, do you think they dress it up for Halloween week? On the, on the ride. The dress up like, like Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack Skellington. I wanna, just whatever. I want to do some silly stuff with his frozen body. Like, uh... <laughs> Reaching J territory. Yeah, not, not fuck him. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, I want to, like, reenact, like, the the Titanic hitting the iceberg with his body. I want to, you know, and, like, you know, like, those whiskey. I like it. I, you know, those whiskey stones? I want whiskey stones, but with, like, frozen Walt Disney's in them. You know what I mean? That way you get you got the whiskey stones, you put them in your drink, and it keeps your keeps your whiskey all cold for you. I'm in. I, I I didn't know whiskey stones were a thing. You didn't I mean, you, just ice. No, whiskey stones are. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a. It's a stone. It's like it's just like a stone that stays really cold. It's not ice, so it won't melt and it won't uh, dilute your whiskey. It just keeps your whiskey nice and nice and cold. You you never heard of whiskey stones? It's like a smaller version of those things you used to put in like lunch boxes. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, those those small things that you put in. The, well, fuck, we could have a whole line of those too. You could, you know, you could throw them into your your igloo cooler, and you, you open it up, and there's there's <laughs> dead Disney next to the ham sandwich, keeping your ham sandwich cool while you're at work. <laughs> Thanks, Walt. <laughs> The amount of respect that we're giving this man (laughs) is just sickening. Hey, guys, I watched One Punch Man Season 2, Episode 1. Did you like it? Uh, I did like it. I did not love it. Um, We've waited nearly four years for this, Jake. Uh, The last season released in October of 2015, and we have waited and waited and waited and waited for season two. Uh, Why did it take so long? Um, This whole thing has just been crazy. When uh, the Mm -hmm. series premiered, it premiered under Studio Madhouse. Then the production shifted to J.C. Staff. Um, J.C. Staff did Backy Man and Food Wars. Um, and then in May of 2018, Viz Media announced it acquired the rights to One Punch Man season two. Um, and what happens like with, with this, it kept changing hands here from one studio to another. And so basically like everyone that was involved with season one was gone. So they had to get all new animators, uh, new production company, everything. And so, when they released that first trailer, a lot of people were upset with the way it looked. And, um, I don't know. I think the final product here that we got was okay. Uh, the animation looked okay. It does. It did not look as good as I believe like the, you know, the first season does, but it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, one of the things that I was kind of upset about is like, we've waited nearly four years for new one punch man and Saitama, uh, AKA One Punch Man did not fight anybody in this first episode. I mean, that's terrible. That's like the Terrence and Philip episode after Who's Cartman's Mom, basically. It's, yeah. I mean, we've waited. <laughs> we've waited nearly four years for a new episode and we didn't get to see One Punch Man do anything, really. Um, we do get, uh, this character King, which, I'll be honest with you, since it's been so long since I watched One Punch Man season one, I think I remember this character from season one, but I didn't do a rewatch of season one before I watched this, but uh, this character of King is ranked really high as far as superheroes are concerned, and the only reason he's ranked so high is because he's kind of around after Saitama kicks a villain's ass, and so... Instead of Saitama getting credit for it, One Punch Man getting credit, King gets credit for it. This guy has no powers at all. And so this guy goes out to basically pick up a video game that's – this video game's like the equivalent to like a, a video game that uh, a preteen girl would play. And it, it's it's set up in the episode that way. It's kind of like a little – it's kind of like a girl's game. And um, he's now a target by these other villains – because of his high status in, uh, in his high ranking for superheroes. And so that's what they do in this episode. Like you've got like this badass villain that's going to kind of like take him down. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a fun enough episode. We, we didn't get to see Saitama fight at all. Uh, we do get to see like his, uh, apprentice. Do you remember that guy's name? That fucking robot dude that hangs out with him. No, not off the top of my head. I do not. I, I don't. It's been fucking four years. I mean, I, I yeah. I, 
So I, I'll give this episode a high taste and I, I did enjoy it. I'm going to continue to watch this season as it goes on, but, um, I hope that they are able to just continue putting out episodes post season two. Cause like this is, this was too long of a fucking, of a wait for a show. Like three and a half yeah, years. It, feel, it feels like it was really picking up steam as far as notoriety too. It was kind of becoming a little bit of an underground like cult thing yeah. for a minute there. And I feel like they kind of missed that window and people kind of don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I watched it on Hulu, so you can watch it on Hulu. I think One Punch Man season one is on Hulu. It's dubbed. I had to watch the subbed. But that was fine. He he, you gotta get down, bro. I love you, dude. But seriously, man, you're giving me fucking anxiety right now. After I get done recording this episode, you can lay on my chest and you can purr and rub your head all up in my grill and shit. I don't care, but like right now, no, it's not happening, dude. Um, what if I switched bodies with he he and I had to, you know what I mean? That'd be fucked up, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be fucked up. Oh I don't know God. for who more. I don't know. I think it would be fucked up to have my cat's brain, like my cat's brain inside my body. And then, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I thought the next sentence was going to be holding your junk while peeing. No, my cat. <laughs> I would be trying to like fit myself in my litter box and take like a piss in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I think that would true. be the most. That would be the weirdest part. Be having to go shit and piss in a litter box. Oh my god! Well, it wouldn't be me. It would be me it watching be myself the... out of my body. Yeah, I would be like, I don't know, and I would. Oh my god! It would be fucking weird. And the, yeah, that that'd be odd. Yeah, it would be crazy. I don't know. Call that movie Freaky Fur Day. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't beat that. That's a good. That's a good fucking title. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm surprised that's not being made already with the popularity of cats. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, someone fight Stanley Tucci. We got his next movie. Oh my god, it'd be fucked up if like a bunch of furries <laughs> broke into my house and just started fucking my body, and I gotta watch. <laughs> There's the guy that acts like a cat, and they're just like raping me. <laughs> wow, I didn't think it was going to be that dark. I saw it more of a family-friendly movie. No, no, I'm taking this like R-rated. It's getting X-rated. Oh, there's that guy that acts like a cat. That is so hot. And then they just... <laughs> and you're in the cat body. Just like, Fuck. I know. I'm just like, oh, my God, they're over there violating my body. And they're acting like... And I'm, I'm just licking my own ball. Here. I know. It's so, it's so gross. <laughs> I'm just I'm 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 watching like the uh, Travel Channel talk about Walt, yeah. Walt Disney's dead frozen body. <laughs> While well, licking your ass. And what, what what do you do? What do you do when that happens? What do you do when a bunch of furries come over to get break into your house and they're raping your human body? And you're in a cat body. What do you do, Jake? What do you do in that instance? Do you start like what do you do? You, you watch. <laughs> I think you start preparing now. I don't know, man. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> do I go all Kevin McAllister? Like that's my body. I gotta defend it. You know. Yeah. You make a kit, put in the closet. Just yeah. In case that happens. <laughs> oh, what I, do I? Uh, 
That's weird. I don't know why we're talking about this. Hey, uh, I saw, uh, Brogan. Uh, I can't believe I'm gonna... <laughs> what? What did you say? I know, it sounds stupid. I watched a, I watched the first episode. It's like a Brogan, Master of Castles. <laughs> what is that? What the hell? Brogan, Master of Castles is on Mondo. Uh, if you have a Mondo description, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> If you, hold on. If you have a Mondo subscription, why? Like, who, who has a, a lone Mondo subscription? Um, but I, I've never even heard of the fucking service. It's on the Ver, Jake. It's on the Verve app. Um, okay. You can buy some sort of He-Man. Yes. Ripoff? Yes. It is one hundred. It's an R-rated adult-humored He-Man. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's called Brogan Master of Castles. And, uh, so all the characters are based off of, like, He-Man characters, but it's kind of like a parody of He-Man, but with, like, adult humor. And, uh, when he turns into Brogan, um, oh <laughs> he actually sounds, he sounds like a guy, like, just like a regular person. But when he turns into Brogan, he's got an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. He literally turns into Arnold Schwarzenegger at that point. Um, and uh, you've got a Skeletor-type character. And, uh, I mean, he's, I don't know, Brogan is sleeping with uh, twins at the beginning of this movie, uh, this show. Um, you've got this Skeletor-type character that hangs out with, uh, instead of Trapjaw, he hangs out with... L- was it padlock? It's a guy who, whose head is a padlock. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, they're, they're, I'm looking at pictures of this. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Parts of it were parts Queen of it. Swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that the bird lady was that the bird lady. <laughs> Queen yes. swallows. Yeah, Queen swallows. Like because they had that woman in the original show that was like had that that bird headdress on, and like that's who they have here is like that same kind of like character design, but. Yeah, Queen Swallows. Um, I don't know. I I'll, I'll give this one a taste. It there, there were parts that were just stupid and juvenile. Not like our shows, like highbrow humor here. But uh, it's part part of the humor is just juvenile and stupid. But I did enjoy like the Skeletor type character. Like he has a conversation of like he's looking at what's the equivalent of Castle Grayskull and saying, "Why don't I live there? I am a skeleton." Why don't I live in this skeleton castle? It makes no sense that <laughs> my castle is a snake. I'm a skeleton. I should live in a skeleton castle. And that was funny. I thought that that was pretty hilarious. But I'll give it a taste. It. I'm going to continue to watch it. These are only five-minute episodes. So I think there's – it's going to be really nothing to kind of like watch Brogan, Master of Castles. I could probably knock out the whole season – in, uh, you know, less than an hour. So, uh, yeah, Brogan, Master of Castles. It's on Mondo. If you're one of the three, <laughs> three people that subscribe to Mondo, uh, you can watch it. Or if you do subscribe to VRV or Verve, as the people call it, uh, if you do have Verve, then you can watch it through Verve. Brogan, master of castles. <laughs> you guys never thought I was going to bring up that show, did you? Sounds no. like something that would be on like Adult Swim. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah, it really is. It's 
it's really it's easily digestible. It's only five fucking minutes, guys. Uh, w- go ahead, Jake. I was gonna. It does not like beat around the bush when it comes to uh, being a He-Man, you know, parody either. I mean, it everything looks. It's Orko. It's yeah. Tiva, it's Man at Arms. Really like is. just looking at these character designs, it's pretty funny looking. Even the logo. Yeah, yeah. Even the beginning of the show, like you remember, uh, even the beginning of the show where they have like, um, you just have to watch it. I guess it's uh, they talk in those echoey voices. Yeah. The beginning of the show, like the production company, even pops up as the same kind of like logo. Oh, uh, the star hitting the screen. Well, the the colorful logo that you see at the beginning of the production company, it's kind of like a rainbow kind of like thing. And then at the end, he does give you like, um, you know, like uh, the more you know kind of thing. You know, like <laughs> the, today we learned the valuable lesson, just like on the original He Man show. And but it's it's a it's a dirty thing he's talking about at the end. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I saw a movie called, uh, The Mustang today. Uh, it's the story of Roman Coleman, a violent convict who is given the chance to participate in a rehabilitation therapy program involving the training of wild Mustangs. Um, this is inspired by, uh, like, I don't know if this is 100% inspired by a true story, but like this, these programs do exist. Uh, in, uh, I think, I think five or six states where there's, um, over a hundred thousand wild Mustangs that kind of like roam in the West and they, and they, they bring these wild Mustangs in. They, they, uh, and then they, they have them participate in this program where these inmates try to break them and then over a 12 week period, uh, spend time with these Mustangs, try to break them and then get them ready for an auction. And, um, You've got uh, a pretty good cast here. I mean, um, uh, Matthias Schoenertz, uh as Roman, our main character here. I don't know what this guy's been in before. I, I probably have seen him in some other stuff and don't even recognize him. And I just watched this today, and I literally have no notes on this. But it also has Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton. He played Easy E in that. And then Bruce Dern, who I love. Connie Britton's in this all of but 15 minutes. She's really good in this. She kind of plays a therapist at the prison. And, um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, it, there, there were parts that were really hard to watch. You, you've got a guy who's, who's been really hardened here. And these are, these are hardened convicts. Um, most of these convicts that are involved in this program are, have been involved in like first degree murder. Like these guys are, are, they're there because they've committed a, a very violent act. But, um, here they're given an opportunity to break these, these horses and these horses are beautiful, beautiful horses, beautiful Mustangs. Did, did every school, like growing up when you were kids, did every school? And Kevin, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you, Jake. Did every did every grade have like that one girl who was obsessed with horses? Yes. Yes. There's always that one. Like it's. I think horses are fucking cool, right? Horses, they're cool fucking animal. Majestic. Kings ride horses. Kings, but then people gotta make it all weird, right? Like, you got the, I don't know, there's always the girl at school that, like, she's like, keep your horse obsession kind of, like, to yourself. Like, I think, like, <laughs> when your horse obsession, when you're a, a girl going to school, and it kind of gets out there a little bit too much, where, like, She's got like, first off, you notice like, oh, she's got a horse on her trapper keeper. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> but then, like, she opens said Trapper Keeper, and she's got, like, doodles that she's drawn of horses. And, you know, and then and then she starts to talk about her horses. And, you know, and then, I don't know, and she, you see, like, at lunchtime, she's brushing, like, the like the Barbie horse's mane and shit. And, <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck is going on with this chick and these, these fucking horses? Is it, Jake, is it... Did every did you have that girl at school, Jake? Yeah, yeah, I definitely had the uh, oddly obsessed with horses girl, like in the <laughs> in the middle school eras, you know, like mm-hmm. in the, the yeah. third through like seventh grade. I feel like it does carry over into high school, but like they've taken so much shit for it in middle school that they kind of just like, hey, I got to keep this close to the chest now. I ain't letting this shit out anymore. Like I'm yeah, like they, they wise yeah. up to the weirdness, right? Like like it's kind of like you know like uh, like uh, the Wall Street guy like you know snorting coke in the bathroom. Like they take like their fucking doodles and their fucking trapper keeper like into a stall and like they get all their their little horsey moments. They're horsing around in the bathroom like in private. You know, <laughs> they don't want to do it out in public anymore. Like before, it was like middle in middle school. They didn't know. Grade school, they were just like, fuck it, yeah, horses, yeah, 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 horses. And they're all about, they're, they're all about horses. But like, as you get older, it's just weird, right? Kevin, talk to me about the horse girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we had one. So, every, I, yeah, it, it, it's, and then we also had someone that was like infatuated with bears. So I don't know. Oh my, well, you had a, uh, who was it? Uh, was it a boy or a girl that was infatuated with the bears? It was a girl. Okay. Was it was it real bears or was it like Berenstain bears? You know what I mean? Or Care Bears? Or was it know. was it real, all, be- like, all big bears? grizzly and black bears and stuff? I I I didn't get it, but hey, bears are cool. Why? I, I just I don't know. Now, why would you be obsessed with something that just wants to kill you? Exactly. Like horses, I I don't feel like horses like deep down want to kill us. Like uh, I love my cats. I I you know so, and people will make the joke like if I died in my house, like yeah you know my cats run out of food, they'd probably eat my body. I don't know. I like to think that they wouldn't. You know, I like to think that my cats are a little bit pickier. Oh no, your cats <laughs> will your cats will eat your body. Oh no. He uh, he he. If you need me to survive, I give you permission. Now now it's not weird. Now it's not weird. I've given my cat permission to eat my body. So now, now that me and my cat have established that rule, it's not weird. You know, this is like those soccer players on that fucking mountain when they're eating each other, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, this is uh, the Mustang. <laughs> Jake, I don't give, I don't give a shit anymore. I, I, this episode, I don't care. I'm, I'm done. I'm done caring. Yeah, I felt like we this one like right from the moment we started. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this one's crazy. I did enjoy this movie. I uh the Mustang. It's um it's a real program and I and uh, there's parts in this movie that are really hard to watch. Like this guy, this main guy does not like to be around people and he lets people know that at the beginning of the movie. He doesn't like to be around people. He's not good with people. And uh I mean, he gets frustrated with this horse, and it's really hard to see this guy yell at this horse. There's a scene where he actually gets violent with the horse. But you know the thing about horses? They're they're big animals, and um, if a horse kicks you, that, that I, I promise you that horse is going to hurt you. Um, yeah. And so 
I mean, there's a scene where this guy's getting frustrated with not being able to break the horse and um, kind of takes it out on the horse physically and the horse takes it out on him. And uh, I'm rooting for the horse in that instance. Um, <laughs> there's there's also other scenes in this where, you know, they do have the auction. And um, these guys are like, you're well aware that these guys are murderers. But once the auction's over... These horses leave them. These horses get on a on a truck and they're 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 hauled off. And you see, there's a scene where a convict is kind of like you know prisoners having to say goodbye to his horse. And you're well aware like this guy was a murderer, and, and and you feel bad. It's not like you feel bad for this guy, but you feel bad for the horse because the horse is attached to this guy. The horse doesn't know that this guy's a murderer. I don't know. It, 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 there's something about this movie that that makes that that shows you like the bond between humans and animals and how like how it, how it can change you. Even the hardest heart can um, can be changed. And I feel like in a lot of ways, like the main character here, who has shut off people from the world and. And is in in prison for for murdering someone that was actually close to him. It was a it was a uh, a crime of passion um, that got him into prison, and um, he, now he's got a very a, a terrible relationship with his daughter. But I feel like in a lot of ways the horse that he kind of trains is is him. Like it's a it's this horse does not want to be around people. This horse does not want to be broken. This horse wants to be free, and they kind of like this horse kind of like. Uh, not only teaches him about, uh, you know, the value of, um, of, of just, of just having that human touch because there's this, there's this moment where the horse doesn't want to be touched and the horse finally like, kind of like gives in and, and puts his head right next to him and, and there's a moment where he's able to pet the horse and, uh, and, and they've bonded and, and he kind of like lets his guard down at that at that moment because like this whole movie like this guy's got his shoulders kind of like up the whole time he's very res- like uh, very guarded will will not let anybody in not even his daughter and when the horse lets his guard down it's kind of like he lets his guard down too and um, I, don't, I I I was I was blown away by this movie I thought it was I thought it was fantastic um, it's only about an hour and a half. And uh, I give it a Tupperware. I, I I thought the Mustang was just a, a great movie. If it's playing near you, I would recommend seeing it. If not, I'm sure it'll be on Amazon or Netflix or something sometime soon. So I give it a Tupperware. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've seen a movie centered around a horse since like Sea Biscuit. Well, there was uh, last year. There was the A24 film Lean on Pete, which was I remember uh, that Steve Buscemi. And then this is a focus features, but I. And Bruce Dern is so good in this movie. Um, there's also things that happen in the prison that are just like any other prison where there's just, it's not all just fucking like, oh, you know, we're working with horses and, you know, our walls are coming down and we're not assholes anymore. It's, there's, there's, there's some shit going on in the prison that just sucks. So you still get that but i uh, i tupperware the movie i think it's fantastic um 
Hello? Yeah, that was uh, Google <laughs> Google Chrome. How likely are you to recommend the Google Chrome web browser to a friend or colleague? Uh, not likely when you're fucking up my podcast, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Saw the uh, saw the missing link, that movie this week. Did you watch it, Kevin? Yes, I did see that yes. yesterday. I saw Missing Link uh, this week, and uh, I saw it in 3D. Uh, this is the uh, new Leica Studios film, the animation studio that uses all the uh, stop motion models for their projects. I, I was a big fan of Paranorman. That was the first. I think that yeah, that was the first Leica Studios movie I saw in the theater. And then I went and saw Kubo and the Two Strings. I loved that movie, so I wanted to support this film. Uh, this is also the first Leica Studios film that's produced by Annapurna Pictures. I'm also a big fan of Annapurna Pictures, so it's nice to kind of support them. Uh, Mr. Link recruits explorer Sir Lionel Frost to help find his long-lost relatives in the fabled Valley of Shangri-La. Along with adventurer Adelina Fortnite, this trio of explorers travels the world to help their new friend uh, friends. Um, directed by Chris Butler... This guy is no stranger to Leica. He has written and worked on Kubo, Paranorman, and Caroline. Ensemble cast here as far as voice actors. Hugh Jackman, Zoe Saldana, Emma Thompson, Stephen Fry, David Williams, Timothy Oliphant, Matt Lucas, um, and Zach Galifianakis. Great cast. What did you think about this one, Kevin? Um, Interesting. Um, This is the... I'll just preface it with I love all of like his other movies. I mean, Coraline, Paranorman, loved Box Trolls, loved Kubo and Two Strings. Um, this one is the first one I just liked. Um, so I would give it a high taste. It. I mean, it's I it just didn't hit that Tupperware portion for me. Um, the one thing that really bothered me, and I'm kind of interested to hear if you had the same issue, the voice work, the sound. Was was like a lot of the dialogue quiet, or am I just can't hear? Um, for me, like when Hugh Jackman's character was talking, it was a little bit more quiet, or or something. Hmm. It it didn't seem. I might have just been my crappy old theater that I was in, but the the dialogue seemed very quiet, and then and then other other parts of the movie were extremely loud. That is weird. I yeah, I didn't notice that. I saw this. Uh, I just. I saw this at an AMC. I watched it in real 3D, and the sound was was just fine in my theater. Okay, well, it might have just been my. I went and saw it at a normal digital at a Regal, and might have just been the crappy theater I was in. Yeah, but, they uh, might have not had like the center channel speaker all up all the way or something. I, I've been in that. I've been in that situation, and usually I have to unfortunately get up and tell them to turn the volume up in that theater. Okay, but I mean overall, I I, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. It, 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 I just don't. I can't. I don't put it on the same level as something like a Paranorman or a Box Trolls, or I'm a big fan of Coraline as well. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> overall, great message. Overall, I mean, I think superb. I mean, voice work. The mu- the movie itself was beautiful. I mean, I thought it was very well done. Um, but maybe I just need a second viewing of it. Maybe at a different theater. Um, if that actually worked out and I was able to see it again, maybe Tupperware, but I don't, I just don't see me going from a high taste it. Yeah. No, I, dude, you're like 
dead on. Like I, I 100% agree with you. Like this is, it's a, it's a good movie. Like this is the, I guess this is the worst of the best, right? I mean, it's, 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 I give it a high taste it as well. I, it, I think that there's, there are things that this movie does great. I love, <laughs> I love the setting of this world. I love Hugh Jackman's character in this. Like, yes. uh, you know, like he's this, uh, um, he's this guy who's, uh, goes on like these expeditions to find these, uh, oddities. And, uh, at the beginning of the movie, we've got a whole scene where he finds the Loch Ness monster and it's, that, a, that's great. <laughs> it's a great scene. It really is. It's a lot of fun. And, and, you know, this is all stop motion and it's amazing. I don't know. Did you stick around for like the, there's not a post credit scene, but there's kind of like a mid credit scene that like has been doing since like, I don't know how long they've been doing it. I, I, I don't know if they did it in Paranorman, but I know they did it in Kubo where they kind of show you like behind the scenes of like, here's like one of the, here's like one of the sets that we use for this movie and you get to kind of see it constructed here and like, uh, in, uh, and they, uh, they show you uh, a behind the scenes kind of look at, uh, this one scene. And it was the, in this movie, it was the scene where they're on the elephant. Ah, uh, okay. And they had their uh, Indian guide that was uh, taking them uh, closer to Shangri-La. But um, I, I I also give this a high taste. I, I think uh, Hugh Jackman's voice work was fantastic on this. Zach Galifianakis as uh, <laughs> as as I'll just call him Link because you find out you know his name later in the movie, and that was pretty hilarious in my opinion. <laughs> but I think Zach Galifianakis cracked me the fuck up. I, there were so many times in this movie where I was laughing at his character uh, when he was trying to climb that wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i agree i i he was the best part of the movie for me so good so good zoe saldana was okay and uh you know timothy oliphant was really good in this movie too as the villain <laughs> so um I, I i will also give this a high taste it i do think as far as the action sequences this is the best i've seen from Leica. the action sequences okay. were amazing You there? I'm here. Oh, I'm here now. Okay. I, I somehow hit mute. <laughs> okay. I thought that the, I thought the action sequences in this movie were the best I've seen from Leica, but the overall story wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a high taste. It. This is this is not the this is not the best I've seen from Leica. I think Kubo and the Two Strings had an amazing story. Paranorman was a lot of fun, but I I really liked. I thought the action just looked great in this movie. Yeah, um, that, that, the ending parts, um, without giving anything yeah, away, it yeah. was, um, I, it actually had me on the edge of my seat. And, yeah. And for an animated movie, that, 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 <gasps> oh, yeah. That, that, that tells me something that it's really good. Uh huh. Um, that, I mean, I really was kind of, I mean, it really had, like I said, it had me kind of waiting there to see what exactly was going to happen. Yeah. And I wasn't just kind of sitting back and chilling. It it actually had me worried a little bit. So I, I again, I, I like it a lot. I taste it, but yeah. I, I I think like you said, it's kind of like the the worst of the best, or yeah. whatever you said. I mean, I, it's, yeah. And I I wrote that down in my notes here. I said, um, uh, basically, it was the first film that I didn't love. I liked it overall, but it was kind of of all of the good 
Leica films because all of them are good and mm-hmm. re- I mean re- good to really good. Um, it's it's the the bottom rung. I feel like Leica Studios was kind of like, and I could tell this from I thought I could tell it from the marketing that they were kind of like. Um, trying to make this feel more of like a Disney film with the humor and the, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like they were trying to, I felt like Kubo and Paranorman and, and stuff like that was a little bit more daring and stuff. And I know like Kubo just did not do well in the, in the theater. So I felt like this was kind of like them. Yeah. I'm going to say it. I felt like this is a little bit of like trying to sell out a little bit. Yeah, that was actually going to be my question to you guys was was the reason that this movie wasn't as good as the others was it feels like the subject material just feels a little bit more I hate to use the word like pandering, but that's like kind of what you're saying, Brian, like the other movies are so much a little bit more darker and mature themed. And this kind of feels like your, you know, stereotypical kind of Disney movie plot here. Yeah. I feel like the humor tried to pander a little bit more to like uh, casual audiences and stuff like that. But um, and it's unfortunate. I, I think that uh, I, I don't know if they're going to, if like is going to have another theatrical release anytime soon. I would imagine that if Leica Studios continues, that it would be that they'll probably work out a deal with one of these streaming services. That we'll see, like, you know, Leica's signed a deal with Netflix, or Leica's yeah. signed a deal with Amazon, or Leica's, you know, like, I don't think Disney would pick up Leica Studios. Uh, Disney's probably gonna have, like, their Pixar stuff on the Disney plus service and things like that. But I could, I could definitely see, you know, like a working out a deal with Amazon or, or Netflix. Yeah. That would be really cool too. I'd love to see what they could do almost with short form stuff too. You know, like 20 to 30 minute, like shorts and material from the studio would be very interesting. I, I like it too. I like it too. I, I, I do want to see, I, man, it, it's fucked up. Cause I, I, <laughs> For as much as I love the theater experience and seeing the shit in the theater, like if you can, if you have to have Netflix get in here to keep this stuff alive and to get more people to watch it, then by all means do it. Because like, you know, like we know that A twenty four just recently signed a deal with was it Amazon? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yes, and then like I think I would like to see Annapurna Pictures do kind of like the same kind of deal, just so they could like maybe have half of their movies like released on a streaming service and then like the other half be theatrical just to kind of keep the studio going for a while and to get more people like watching this kind of shit. So Yeah. Or I mean, if you have that runaway hit that debuts on Netflix, I mean, it could also potentially see theatrical release down the road, you know? Exactly. Did you see that Netflix is trying to buy the Egyptian theater? I did see that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's like historic, like, and they need, the Egyptian theater needs Netflix to do this. It's like a lot of people are upset by this because it's a historic theater, but they really need it. They, and I think, you know, they, they need some renovations there as well. So I think it could be a good thing. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how much this actually makes in at the box office. I mean, Oh, missing link. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's being I, very well reviewed. Yeah. It's got, I think currently like an, 89, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but like, well-reviewed doesn't mean that it's going to translate. Yeah, it's going to make true, anything. True that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think most of 
like his stuff is around sixty million dollar budget. I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, yeah. I mean, because I mean, if you look at like Coraline, grossed one hundred twenty four million. That's like their Norman. most. Yeah, but those are like their most successful too. Well, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It's went. I mean, Coraline, 124 million. Paranorman, 107. Box Trolls, 109. Mm. Kubo, 77. Yeah. Unless Um, you're Disney, it's just so hard to do these original IPs and make a lot of money. Well, even uh, yeah, Disney does like the the animated original IPs and like does well, but like their their live action. This is like I'm trying to think like. you're right though, like your Pete's Dragon, yeah, or then, your. Um, there's then, another one just recently the too, Nutcracker. the Nutcracker. Yeah, it was terrible. The one before that, Tomorrowland, uh, Tomorrowland, a Wrinkle in Time, Tomorrowland. Yeah, garbage. I mean, it's a, a long. You know, I'm a huge Disney mark, but yeah, I mean, none of those live act, none of those movies that we just rattled off really did much for me. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was really sad at Wrinkle in Time too. That man. Let me seriously ask you this question. Would you would you seriously ride a fucking amusement park ride a roller coaster next to Popsicle Walt Disney? <laughs> would you do it? Like would you do like would that be a story that you would be like that would be like a story you could tell? Like would that would be an experience that you could share? Like when people, you know what I mean? Like if you didn't know what to say to somebody, like you're like stuck in a situation like I don't know what to say to this person, you could be like guess what I did? I fucking, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind of like, it. you would do oh, it. That's, yeah, I would do well, it. I would do yeah. it in a second. I mean, that's I like, would pay lots of money to do it. That's like a conversation starter, right? Yeah. yeah. That's history. Yeah. That's history. And it's something people have always thought may or may not have happened. So just get right out there and, you know. Oh, he totally got himself frozen though, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the popular that's, belief. That's what's said, but yeah. <laughs> Cause like, well, Michael Jackson was wanting to have himself frozen after he died, but like they had to do like the so many autopsies and stuff like that that they couldn't they couldn't freeze him fast enough, so that that never happened. But he also requested like the Walt Disney treatment. I mean, I don't know, man. If I could have a a ride next to Walt Disney and Michael Jackson <laughs> and Captain EO and, and, and Captain EO, oh my god, oh my gosh, I don't know. That would be amazing. Yeah, we got a Mike Sickle. Thrill Sickle? Thriller? What flavor would be, that be? Uh, <laughs> Getting some trouble here. Don't ask me that yeah, question. We don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, dude, I want to say it, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah don't, don't say any. Don't, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> when just scratch this entire, when when you're releasing this episode, just scratch that entire question from me out of out of the out of No, it. you said it from an like you said it very innocently. I was not I did yeah, not we're the jerks. Yeah, we're the jerks. We're the jerks. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Uh, tastes like ra- raspberries. How oh, there you go. Tastes like there raspberry, yeah, sure. Wink wink. Uh, <laughs> Perfectly innocent raspberries. Perfectly young innocent raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! I'm sorry. Um, let's jump into. Uh, did I take it too far? Did I go too far there, Jake? <laughs> no, I got I got a quick good pop, bad pop that I want to talk. About oh yeah, that's right. I didn't even ask you. What do you got? 
I uh, I watched uh, Guava Island. It is oh, the yeah. new movie from uh, Donald Glover that he debuted at Coachella and then instantly that same night put on Amazon Prime. I believe it was free for 18 hours. And then after that, it's available for anyone to watch as long as you have the Prime subscription. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is Guava Island. It's a, a short film, about 55 minutes. Um, the, the description is a tropical thriller that casts Donald Glover as a musician with designs on pulling off a scheme to rob his way into the good life, which quickly gets him in over his head. Uh, it stars, you know, the aforementioned Donald Glover, Rihanna's in this as well. And uh, Letitia Wright, I believe is how you say her name. She Let, played a uh, Shuri. Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. She played uh, Shuri in Black Panther. She's got a real small role in this as well. Uh, this is directed by uh, Hiro Murai, who is the um, head director on Atlanta as well, and written by uh, Donald's Glover or Donald's brother Stephen Glover. Some rhyming words there throwing me off. I was like, yeah. I, it was written by Donald's Glove. <laughs> I know, I know. Wow, <laughs> you think he's got talent? Yeah, <laughs> wait. Until, but, yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just give this a solid taste it um, for myself. Mm. Um, you know, it's an interesting enough thing. I think if you're a huge fan of Childish Gambino and the kind of music he's been doing for like the last year and a half, two years, you're gonna really love this, and it's gonna put it into that high taste it potentially Tupperware territory. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of his music, and the music is fun here. It's just. A little bit thin on story. There's there's honestly not much going on here. Um, just other than Donald's like natural charisma, it's just kind of just kind of a fable, fairy tale type of story. It, it's almost hard to describe. It doesn't take place in a real nation. You know, everything's kind of fictitious, but yet everything's obviously a metaphor for kind of some real life politics going on in the world today. And I mean. It's interesting enough, and the performances were pretty solid, but I don't know. I was just kind of – there was a lot of hype that this was going to be available, and I'm such a huge fan. And I don't know. I was just a little bit let down by this. I thought it was yeah. kind of all style and not enough substance. I uh, I started this. I got like 15 minutes in, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll try that Black Summer, and I turned it off. So I might I probably won't get back to it now after listening to your review, Jake. Yeah, I, I, I don't – I don't blame you. And, I and love like I said, Donald Glover. I, I, I'm a big fan of Atlanta. I'm not like I don't listen to a lot of music. I'm not a music guy, so you know I've listened to a little bit of Childish Gambino, but you know I love Donald Glover. But uh, this just didn't. Jake Rihanna, her performance in this was it was it as good as her performance in Battleship? <laughs> no, I was actually talking to Michelle about that. <laughs> actually, I thought one of the net positives from. Guava Island was Rihanna in her performance. I actually thought she was quite good in, in one of the standouts of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, her chemistry with Donald was really great, and I really bought their relationship right from the beginning. And uh, this made me want to see Rihanna maybe get a couple roles that aren't based off of uh, board games. I don't. I was thinking maybe she could be in Hungry Hungry Hippos. Just don't. <laughs> I was thinking Hungry Hungry Hippos too. <laughs> what happened? What happened to that? Hey, what happened to that uh, that that movie? There was a rumored Hungry Hungry Hippos movie. Remember the rumored Tetris movie we were supposed to get? I was getting get? ready to bring up Tetris. I, I hope that that's still coming. I do too. I want to see. I want to see large blocks landing on cities. <laughs> Very much and the so. only Wasn't way to make done? those blocks disappear is to have them all. 
<laughs> Remember that crappy Kevin James movie? Yeah. Like, was, oh, that really narrows it down. No, he's talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Pixels. Paul, Paul, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, one and two. <laughs> no, yeah, Pixels. Was that, uh, that was him. Was it, was it Chris Rock and Adam Sandler in that one as well? Josh Gad, I believe. I think Sandler was in that. Yeah. But- and they did that whole. I mean, they didn't. It wasn't Tetris, but uh, I think it was Pac Man and okay. Space Invaders. Yeah. And- so you got you got you got a Kevin James movie. Who like who's the, who's the who's the regulars that he gets in his movies? Let's throw them out there. Adam Sandler. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, Circle gets the square. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, who else? Who else? Uh, David Spade? Yeah, David Spade. <laughs> we throw David Spade in there. How about, how about some Rob Schneider? We get right. Rob Schneider oh, in there? Yeah, that was my next definitely. one. And he's like, you can do it! Oh, and everybody's oh. like, oh my god, he's so stupid, but I'm stupid for laughing. <laughs> probably in there somewhere. I'm, I'm equally dumb for laughing at this low-hanging fruit bullshit humor. <laughs> I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> um, who else? Who else is in this steaming pile of garbage? Huh? Who else? Who, who else we casting in this fucker? Because we're not casting anybody good. We're not. Jason Bateman's like saying no to this shit, right? Yeah. Who's the um? Hasn't been in the movie for 15 years. Female lead in this. Oh fuck yeah, we got. Who, who, who do we got? Who yeah. do we got going to this uh, this thing? <laughs> who's, who's, I like it. Jake. I mean, you're really narrowing it down. But like, we're not throwing out a name right now. But we know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, like I'm thinking not someone too famous, but uh... no, I'm thinking of like Pete Sampras's wife. Which was uh, what Brigitte? Was, what was it? Brigitte something? No, not Brigitte Nielsen. Was, but I know who you're talking about. Brigitte, like she was the she was uh, she was uh, Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. No, oh man, I'm thinking a little bit more highbrow than that. Like I, I, I'm thinking like put a Cameron Diaz in this spot or something. Cameron Diaz retired, and she was really good in Bad Teacher. <laughs> she was fantastic and bad teacher. I'm thinking of Pete Sampras' yeah. wife. No, she was married. He was married or is married or was or whatever. Brigitte Wilson. Brigitte Wilson. Brigitte Nielsen. Oh, Bridget Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. She, yeah. When you said Brigitte Wilson, I was thinking of Brigitte Nielsen. Nielsen, who was Red <laughs> Sonia. And <laughs> I was thinking exactly the same. Thinking Flavor Flav. And she was Sonia Blade. Not Red Sonia. The two what different Sonias. Silverstone. She's looking for work. Alicia Silverstone, yeah, definitely might be involved in this project. <laughs> what about? <laughs> what, what, what about? What, what was that? What was that uh, cliff climbing movie with Chris O'Donnell? Chris O'Donnell. It was the uh, cliffhanger ripoff. But his sister in that movie was uh, what, what, what was that movie called? Chris O'Donnell. Was it? A, I'm trying to look it up. I'm looking vertical it up. Limit. Vertical, vertical limit. limit. Yeah, vertical, vertical limit. limit. <laughs> vertical limit. Vertical smile. Hey, what? Um, vertical limit. What was? Uh, yeah, vertical smile is another name for vagina, people. Um, vertical limit. <laughs> <laughs> um, ver, ver, yeah. Let me. Oh my god, this Chris O'Donnell's done a ton of horrible TV. Um, uh, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, dear lord. She was also in the craft. Who was the sister that he had? In Vertical Limit. Oh, Rob, Robin uh, Tunney. What's her name? Was it Robin Tunney? 
Robin Tunney. I thought you were talking about Theresa Balk or whatever her name is. Yeah, Robin Tunney was in The Craft. Yeah, she was in, uh, shit, uh, that was that movie. Shit, 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 shit. Um, Empire Records as well. Oh, yeah, she was, uh, she shaved her head in that fucking thing, right? Yeah, no, it was Robin Tunney. She was in The Craft. She was in Vertical Limit. Yeah. yeah, Robin Tunney. Robin Tunney is in this shit show fucking Kevin James movie we're casting. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a Netflix exclusive. I don't know. I think it, Hulu exclusive. You know, this. Uh, I'm watching. I'm looking at the cast for Vertical Limit right now, and it's got Scott Glenn in it. Scott Glenn was. Uh, oh yeah. You remember Scott Glenn? It, it was in the Daredevil series. He was Stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is a poor man's David Carradine, correct? Yes. I've always thought that. You know who else was in Vertical Limit? Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. That's a guy I miss. I miss him. I miss oh, him yeah. as well. I, I love that guy. I was watching uh, Terminator this past week. We, remember J- last week we talked? We had talked about the Terminator Dark Fate. I uh, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch the original Terminator. And there's Bill Paxton in it. I love how Cameron used him in that movie and then liked him so much that he put him in aliens. <laughs> right? Isn't that cool? You know who else was in Vertical Limit? Who? Who else was in that? Ben Mendelsohn. Ben fucking wow. Mendelsohn. Holy yes. fucking shit. Ben fucking Mendelsohn. Wow. Vertical That Limit. was so long ago he was a nice guy in that movie. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, fucking uh, what a what a shit movie like who's going back and revisiting vertical limit now in in 2019 like like who's who's fucking pulling that off the shelf like have they upgraded that to 4k are they ever gonna fucking give us a, a 4k vertical limit like, like I, think they, I think they just upgraded it to the three dollar walmart bin i guarantee you the girl that fucking had like the uh she's brushing the horses and doing doodles of horses she's the one sending letters off to like the uh the, the to, to the people like to get the 4k upgrade of vertical limit right she's that person <laughs> <laughs> maybe those are one and the same i don't know if the Venn diagram actually crosses over there <laughs> uh, you know is it is it almost like we don't care anymore jake <laughs> <laughs> I don't even – I think almost it's a strong word. Has the show just devolved into just random bullshit like, oh, Vertical Limit will be a fun thing we can talk about for five fucking minutes? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? Hey, let's talk about some obscure shit that we think's funny. You know what I mean? Hey, you want to – hey, I, I'm living up to the fucking title, Pop Culture Leftovers. Nobody's talked about Vertical Fucking Limit in the last 20 fucking years. <laughs> I don't think anyone talked about it six months after it came out. No shit. They were, they, they, you were hard pressed to have people talk about it when they were fucking marketing the goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> fucking A. How old is that movie? Is that, hey, when the, the fuck did that shit come out? At least in 2000. Yeah. Wow. You know what movie seems like, uh, it, you ever, you, you ever like look back at a movie and you're like, man, I can't believe it came out that long ago. It doesn't seem like it came out that long. Remember the day after tomorrow with, uh, uh, yeah, the Dean Devlin movie. It was, uh, that was, was uh, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, one of his first movies. And then, uh, was it, uh, Quaid? Den- is it, yeah, Dennis Quaid? Den- Dennis 2001. Quaid. 2004. I think it was four or five, I think. 
2005 or four. Yeah. Dennis Quaid doesn't look like a dentist, does he? Like, would you, like, he looks like a Dennis Quaid, but would you call him Dennis? Hey, Dennis. I don't know. I, 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 Dennis Quaid kind of defined what Dennis's look like for me. I don't know. Dennis the Menace defined what Dennis's look for me, Jake. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's thinking, young, that's I'm thinking of, a, I'm thinking of a young blonde kid with a fucking slingshot. Okay. When I think of, <laughs> when I think of a Dennis, I'm not thinking of Dennis Quaid. Like Dennis Quaid is Dennis Quaid, but I, I wouldn't meet Dennis Quaid and I wouldn't feel comfortable calling him Dennis. <laughs> How would, would you, you address call him? him? Just yeah. I would call him Mr. Quaid. I, I, could, <laughs> I could not call him Dennis. <laughs> I think he would instantly. I, Mr. Quaid is my father. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Anyway, let's move on into the. I don't know. Let's you know. Part of me just wants to say, "Hey, let's move on into the end of the show and just wrap this." <laughs> <laughs> what do we got? Oh man! What do we got? For- cat is going been going ape shit for like the last fifteen minutes out here too. Yeah, we got. Let's move on. The news we got news. Uh, Disney Plus is going to be six ninety nine, and it's going to be sixty nine ninety nine for an annual subscription. <laughs> How's that sound to you, Jake? <laughs> is it going to be IG IG sixty nine ninety nine? IG That's a, Jake. You can't. That's a different episode. Oh, I always fuck that up. <laughs> you do. You never. You're given jokes from the other thing. You know, I'm bad at continuity. Like, <laughs> hold on. Like, let's. Here's here's what they're adding to uh, Disney Plus. All Pixar films by the end of 2020. All Pixar theatrical shorts from launch. Most Marvel films, including Captain Marvel. The entire 13 film signature collection, including the likes of the original Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. Uh, an extensive movie library. That includes the likes of Mary Poppins, Alice in Wonderland, The Sound of Music, Vertical Limit, and <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, you notice they don't mention uh, Tomorrowland, Nutcracker, yeah, Nutcracker. Time. Yeah, exactly. Over 250 hours of content from National Geographic, including the Academy Award winner Free Solo, 5,000 episodes of the Disney Channel content, and 100 Disney Channel movies will be available on launch. So, and then they've got that. I mean, the, 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 did you see the, uh, Jeff Goldblum TV show that's going to be on there? Yeah, it, that's on the National Geographic part. That, yeah. That sounds really cool. Sounds I, really good. I, I kind of wasn't thinking about the National Geographic stuff when we were first talking about dis- the Disney streaming. And that's actually one of the facets I'm really excited about now that we're, we're talking about it. So I love me some like Planet Earth type documentary stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be, uh, Edumacated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. The the price is right. You know, six ninety nine. It's kind of hard not to uh, not to do that. Um, they're saying all episodes of the Mandalorian on day one too. I read. Yeah, all episodes of the. Well, yeah, uh, Mandalorian will be uh, available at launch. So does that mean that all the episodes are going to be like it's going? They're going to drop it like Netflix. I read an article saying that the whole series was going to be available at launch. Oh my god! Wow! Imagine that day. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you think? That, <laughs> do you think that the uh, that they're going to be able? The service will be able to handle it that first day. I no, will say no. no. That shit is going to crash hard. I mean, I don't know. It's going to fucking crash. I think. I think, so? 
I think they kind of prepare it for that too. You know, they're going to want to test out their fucking bandwidth and I think that shit's going to blow it up. And then they're going to make a headline out of it. You know, Disney plus so popular that it blew the fuck up. Do you remember that movie crash? Did you ever watch that? Um, yeah. One of the Academy award. No, not, not the good one. The bad one. Do you remember the bad one? I don't know if we're talking about. I I, <laughs> I think Crash, the one you're talking about, is the Matt Dillon and uh, uh, what's Sandra Bullock Crash. I'm talking about the the 1996 uh, James Spader Holly Hunter Crash. Oh shit! I remember that movie. Where people? <laughs> yeah, I, I do not. Okay, that, that's a black hole for me. Here, that okay. was a that was a Cronenberg movie, wasn't it? It was a David Cronenberg <laughs> movie and it is a fucked up movie because yes. <laughs> it's these people that basically get off their fetishes to get into car crashes. So yes. like they will <laughs> drive and crash into a car and then they will basically have like some kind of like weird orgasm afterwards. Yeah, it's a fucked up movie. <laughs> it is a totally fucked up movie. Yeah. Oh God. Do you, there is a weird. There is a weird. Do you remember the scene where like, like uh, I I can't remember, but like basically I think it's like uh, some dude and Holly Hunter, and uh, they end up crashing into a car, and then they start getting all like fucking horny and shit after that. They're like, oh God, yeah. And then like fucking like somebody like grabs Holly Hunter and like they take their hand off of her, and they you could see like. All the, all the, all the, it's like, like they got cum on their fingers and shit. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember. That's been so long. Dude, I, it's what, and it's like, I saw this when I was like, uh, it was, I think it was an NC 17 rated movie. Totally. totally NC 17. I, I saw, right. I saw this when I was like 18 or 19. And like, that's one of the scenes that I totally remember is like one of the characters, like, getting off and shit after a wreck and then like i think it's either either they take their hand off like the car or something like that and there's like you can see like cum coming off their fingers i'm just like what the fuck that's <laughs> crazy <laughs> this episode. i kind of think who else was in that movie now yeah. oh shit i don't know but it'll probably Dude. show up on disney plus so get he's ready in, like he was in ninja candidate. turtles what the hell was it he was in ninja turtles Shit. Oh, it was it was the Casey Jones guy. Yes, yeah. What the hell is is? Oh, yeah, he's shit. he's the one. It was not he fucking Holly Hunter in that movie. I think so. <laughs> Eli, Elias Coteus or whatever. Yeah. That's his name. Yeah, he was he was in this movie. He was in Crash. Yeah, he was in that movie. They called they called him Casey Bones in this one, didn't they? <laughs> anyway, it doesn't look like we're getting Beetlejuice too, people. Good. <laughs> Until next month when we're back to getting Beetlejuice 2. Yeah, it looks like we're not getting Beetlejuice 2, though. It, uh, Dark Horizons had a, uh, had an article about it and, uh, and they said today, uh, USA Today says the studio is no longer working on the film with a spokeswoman saying the project isn't in active development. Burton, uh, was then asked what's going on to which he replied, nothing, nothing. I don't know. I doubt it will happen. Um, and then, uh, Burton, Keaton, and even Winona Ryder have all ins- expressed interest in coming back uh, to doing this. It just looks like it's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, Beetlejuice 2 looks like it's not going to happen. Yeah, I agree with what Kevin said. I mean, that's a good thing. I I can't imagine 
they could do anything other than tarnish the original here. So, yeah, GTFO, Beetlejuice 2. Get the fuck out, Beetlejuice <laughs> 2. That's a quote from Jake. PCL. <laughs> you heard him. Jake has spoken. Uh, Deadline had an exclusive this week. MGM has made an inventive deal with Agbo Films. This is the, uh, Agbo is gonna be, uh, after, uh, Joe and Anthony Russo get done with the Avengers, they are, um, going, th- their own production company is Agbo. And it looks like they've signed a deal here, an exclusive deal with MGM to kind of like reboot some of MGM's older properties. Uh, one of the first things they're doing is the Thomas Crown Affair which they've attached Michael B. Jordan to. And the Jake, I found this one interesting. Agbo will also develop James Madigan's hybrid live-action animation version of the Rats of Nim, based on the Newberry Medal-winning series by author Robert C. O'Brien. So oh, The man. Secret of Nim um, is going to be a live-action animation hybrid thoughts i don't know man i don't i yeah, do. that's that's interesting and that's a property i've long since thought could use a modern update i don't know if it'll be popular but i will watch it dude that fucking that uh don bluth animation i never needs an update in my opinion but uh it's beautiful yeah it's i just don't think i agree i hear what you're saying and i don't disagree i just don't think today's kids would watch that for any reason whatsoever was that was uh the, the the mrs what was her name the little rat lady the mouse lady mrs something mrs. or other frisbee mrs frisbee was that sandy duncan no shit uh was it sandy duncan was it sandy duncan the i fucking... don't think so hold on secret uh i'm looking it up too. No, elizabeth hartman what yeah, yeah. that's right Oh, Dom shit. DeLuise is in there. Dom DeLuise played the fucking... Wasn't he the bird? Yes. I... Oh, God. Dom DeLuise. Shannon Doherty? Wow. Shannon John Doherty. Doherty. <gasps> Nicodemus the Rat was Derek Jacoby. Oh, my gosh. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton was in this movie. Wow. God, God. Shannon Doherty must have been really young. Fuck it. Come on, 82. Did you ever watch that Dom DeLuise sitcom on TV? <laughs> Did you ever watch that? Where he was the barber? Did you no, watch that one? Shit. Did you watch that one, Kevin? I, I remember it. He, yeah, I used to watch that shit. It was like, what was it? It was like, it was, I don't know, you would watch Red Green, that Canadian fucking show, and then after that it was like the Dom DeLuise. <laughs> what was this? Shit, I can't Dom remember. Dom DeLuise. <laughs> Jake, I'm telling you, man, it was, there was a, Dom DeLuise did a show on TV. He was a barber. What was it called? I ah, fuck this episode. I don't even give a shit anymore. I don't know why you people listen. <laughs> here I am. Oh, man. Here I am. I, I'm, we gotta, I, we gotta be wrapped, right? We don't, we don't have Star Wars news. Nah, Star Wars news is done. I, <laughs> I know, you're, I, the Dom DeLuise. It's called the. It's called the Dom DeLuise show. <laughs> Holy crap! That's a fucking stretch. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I don't know. And Marvel news. Some stuff happened this week, guys. Um, there was Marvel news. Yeah, like a. Uh, we might not. I don't know. Kevin Feige doesn't know when he's going to introduce the X Men, Jake. Yeah, it could be a few phases down the line. Could be a few phases. 
I'm here for that. I'm calling bullshit, though. I mean, that's... I I think... I say three years, you'll see. You'll see your first inkling of of the X-Men. I think... Well, I think, like, uh, we'll see Fantastic Four first, right? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably... Probably a safe bet. Yeah, I'm saying, like I'm saying fit. three years. You'll you'll start seeing your your first your first teaser, your first inkling of X Men. You heard it yeah, here first. You heard it here first from a guy named Kevin, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, right I don't now. know. I, I kind of hear what Kevin's saying. I yeah. mean, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of telegraphing when we're going to see these major momentous things happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, it would be nice for when X-Men decides to be part of the plan for us to be surprised to find out, hey, X-Men is part of the plan. No, um, I, and they could still I, potentially do that by doing, you know, nah. introducing them in a non-X-Men movie first. I don't want to be surprised. I literally want to hear that. And I open the door and Kevin Feige's at my fucking door and he's like, guess what, Brian? X-Men are coming. X-Men are coming, Brian. I want, I want, I want Kevin Feige at my goddamn doorstep telling me that the X-Men are coming to the MCU. I want no surprises. I want. I mean, he's already basically said that part. I'm, it's the win of it all. I'm just, I'm saying I want that personal experience at my doorstep. I want Kevin Feige knocking on my door. I want to open it. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, Kevin Feige. How are you? What can I do for you, Kevin? And he's like, "Guess what? The MCU, yeah. the 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 X Men are coming." And I'll be like, "What?" Are- he, he could stay the fuck away from my door unless Sleepwalker's coming and show up for that. I'll be like, "The X Men are coming." Like, are you talking about like in a crash movie kind of way? <laughs> and he'll be like, "Are you talking about that movie from 1996 with the Casey Jones guy and Holly Hunter?" <laughs> and I'll be like, "I'll be like, yeah, I'm talking about that one, not the fucking Matt Dillon Sandra Bullock movie that's classy. I'm talking about the one where people are jerking off, the fucking getting in car wrecks." And I'll, I'll be like, "Whoa, um, what? I got, what are we talking about?" <laughs> um, how you want Kevin Feige to personally tell you that the X Men are coming, it, but in a time way? Exactly. You know, I don't know. I Jake, when when um, when Disney first kind of like announced the whole uh, we're going after Fox thing, I on 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 the episode, I. I, I can't remember which one it was. I said that it was going to be a few years down the line before. The X Men. I before I could see the X Men kind of joining, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know it's been a couple years now since, you know, it, it was 2017 when the steals started to first go in place. And I know Kevin's probably Kevin Feige's had some time to think about this, but I felt like they'd already had stuff kind of like mapped out. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it does seem like a big task to like, if they've had stuff mapped out to kind of throw the X-Men into the whole mix now. Um, I agree with that. It's not, it, it's different if it's just, that's why Fantastic Four makes so much more sense. I mean, yeah. I know it's four characters, but it's essentially one storyline. And like the X-Men is just such a giant, like it's more than just one team of things, right? It's, yeah. it's this whole like presence that I think, needs to be carefully introduced into what we currently know as the MCU. And we know that like they were wanting to do a 
a big kind of cosmic shift in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, like, that kind of lends itself to Fantastic Four stories. Yeah, agreed. I mean, almost all the cosmic characters were discovered through Fantastic Four comics. Like, even a lot of the current ones we see now, like, their first appearances were within, you know, Fantastic Four comics. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we also found out this week that um, we don't know what the next phase of Marvel is going to kind of contain. We do know that we're going to get, you know... Shang-Chi, Black Widow, The Eternals, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we can expect Doctor Strange 2 and Black Panther 2, but post that, we really don't know where this next phase of Marvel movies is going. We found out from Kevin Feige that we're going to find out after Far From Home debuts in, uh, on July 5th. So, he, I think. That'll be fun. He said, I will say all of the post Comic-Con, post Spider-Man Far From Home stuff, Here's an exclusive. We're we're going to keep making movies. We're going to still keep making movies after these two, and we will talk about them soon after Far From Home comes out. So. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. If there's any time to kind of keep it to the chest, close to the chest, it's for yeah. end game. And I mean, if it wasn't for the whole Sony Spider Man thing, they wouldn't even be talking about that. Yeah, uh, Mark Ruffalo said that they filmed five fake endings or five different endings for End Game to keep people off the scent of like what really happened. So, that's a yeah, I believe that. That's basically standard practice at this point. And um, let's see here. Yeah, Russo brothers are still talking about. You know, they're still game for doing a Secret Wars. You know, people are asking about about MTV News talked to them about it, and they expressed interest in it. You know, and um, even the writers for Endgame were like, kind of like, yeah, uh, what is it? Uh, Christopher McFeely and Stephen Marcus, they're on board to write Secret Wars for the Russo Brothers. I still feel like even if that's going to happen, that's still down the road. I mean, they're not. Yeah, there's not, a, you yeah. can't just and you, you want new players in that. Like you're not going to do another big mashup of all the characters if you don't have at least a handful of new characters to put in there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Jake, if it was if it, if it's me, like Secret Wars is cool, but I would like to see Avengers versus X Men before that. Yeah, I I agree with that because um, I would like the X Men to be part of the Secret Wars. Yes, because in that you've got the heroes versus the villains, but I feel like you can't. I don't know. Can you still do Secret Wars first and then and then still do an Avengers versus X Men after that? I don't know. I feel like you have to do Avengers for Sexman first. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. I I think um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm really interested in how the mutants are going to be introduced, like whether or not it's going to be like, oh, they've been here the whole time. We just have never focused on them. Or if it actually will be a new phenomenon that all of a sudden starts happening. It's weird because like Kevin Feige has talked about different timelines and different like, you know, things branching off into different, you know timelines and different alternate universes like i don't feel like he's saying that stuff because it's not going to play a part and stuff but who knows i don't know it's crazy and and then yeah who, there's a lot who, of routes and then who is the first x-men mutant to be introduced yeah, yeah. outside i mean I, hopefully not wolverine i would say like they have to first off this is kind of obvious but i think like the first mutant that's going to be introduced probably is going to be deadpool and they'll 
kind of keep it separate from everything since it is kind of like a fourth wall breaking character. They, but even if they do that, even if they have Deadpool be like the first like mutant centric movie, do they keep the Colossus that we see in that film as the Colossus that we get going forward in the MCU if they do use Colossus? I kind of assumed that Deadpool was going to exist outside the MCU, even yeah. even now I mean, owned by um, Disney. I, I I never thought they would actually. I think he'll you know meta reference the MCU, but I I really feel like they're going to keep him outside proper. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know. Is it one of those things where Ryan Reynolds might? Because we, we've seen Ryan Reynolds push to be in involved with like a Hugh Jackman logo mo- uh, Logan movie or or something like a crossover with that would you would you see like Ryan Reynolds kind of like he did a PG-13 version of Deadpool do you think that he would push to like I want to be in a movie where I can interact with um Robert Downey Jr. if he if the character's still alive or Rocket Raccoon or you know I, I could see him pushing for that but I, I honestly can't see Disney doing that hmm. and I like can't that, see that's it working the R-rated either. Marvel movie at that point there's a difference between the R-rated MCU movie and just Disney doing an R-rated Deadpool movie that doesn't take place within the MCU proper and they can still easily nod and wink at it all day long but it won't affect canon and continuity within the uh MCU, in my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Deadpool definitely, uh, it doesn't make sense to kind of throw him into a big event film, but I would like to see just kind of like how they did in Deadpool 2, where you, like, you know, you open a door and then all of a sudden there's like, oh, there's, you know, James McAvoy and Michael uh, Fassbender and, and all these characters that are in these Fox X Men movies, like, they are playing a cameo. I'd like to see kind of like Robert Downey Jr. play a cameo in, in a Deadpool movie. Yeah, I, I like that, Brian. I even think you can go further and potentially have him meet MCU characters, but all of it has to happen within the universe of the Deadpool movies, you know, mm-hmm. kind of outside that window of the MCU. Maybe just meet, like, not even the big players, just, like, shitty characters that he gets pissed off about. Like, oh, yeah, thanks for throwing Howard Duck in my mo- Howard the Duck in my movie, you know? Like, yeah, synergy. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for throwing us a bone by giving us Howard the Duck. You know? Yeah, that's a funny joke. Yeah, yeah Cosmo the dog. Yeah, Cosmo or something, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, uh, Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they give him Edward Norton's... <laughs> Edward Norton as Bruce Banner. They don't even they don't even give him the Mark Ruffalo Bruce Banner. Yeah, it'd be awesome if they could get actually get Norton and just have him say some line about how he wants his name out of the credits. No, they get Edward Norton and then they get then uh, War uh, Machine. Th- yeah, they get uh, Terrence Howard as, yeah. as, as yeah. the original War Machine. They just get everybody that's been replaced in the MCU to come back and replace their roles for the Deadpool movie. I love that idea. <laughs> that's, that's so good. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, DC News. What have we got? And then we're going to end this thing. Um, Idris Elba is not going to be playing uh, Deadshot as we all thought. 
Yeah, I read that. I, I'm good with that. I, I'm not a big fan of recasting, especially after one movie when you don't have to. Yeah, it sounds like the, what they're wanting to do is uh, keep it open to have Will Smith come back and beat that shot for maybe the third Suicide Squad film. So That makes sense. The news was kind of weird to me in the first place, just knowing that Gunn was involved, like that he would – like why wouldn't he just scrub it and do all new characters in the first place? Mm, well, like, I mean, And why yeah. would he keep Deadshot if he can't even keep the actor? I don't know. I just, uh, I don't, I, I hope that whoever, whatever role they give Elba now is, uh, is a good character. I just want to make sure that he's in a good role going forward in the franchise. I think like that's, he deserves something good. So when they, when they you, said, you he's, don't want him to have eight minutes of screen time across four movies. Yeah. I don't want to be like Heimdall and get like fucking, you know what Heimdall? I always think like when I say Heimdall, I always think of Hyman. <laughs> yeah, this is the least surprising thing you said off podcast. Hyman doesn't is Hyman is it also an Amish name? Yes, I think so. I think I learned that from uh, Amish Paradise. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for that kid or those oh, kids. Man. Yeah, yeah, like. Uh, Oh, my poor young Hyman. You know what I mean? Man. <laughs> Can you imagine the kid that tells him what his name means <laughs> at grade school? That's got to be a terrible day. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Hyman. You got, you got Hyman, and then the other kid's name, his sister's name is Gypsy. Gypsy. <laughs> Gypsy Rose and Hyman. <laughs> oh, my God. Terrible names for children. Hyman. Who names? <laughs> who would do that to their child? Hyman. That's what happens when you don't have a TV. Yeah, people exactly. who end up getting murdered. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's our episode. I'm done. I am done. It's past midnight, and I'm done. Hey, Kevin, where the fuck are you at, dude? I am in Indiana. See, I'm on Eastern time. It's one after one a.m. here. Jesus Christ, that's right. You're just like you're just uh, you're just next to us. You're literally just next to us. You're like yep. Yeah, our states kind of sixty nine each other, don't they? A little bit. Yeah. You got to, I mean, they just, I mean, it's kind of, I look at it like kind of spooning. Spooning? I mean, spooning. And, and no one, and everyone likes the spoon. Come on. Who's cradling who? And is it, is it, are, are, are you cradling us? Are you, you know? I'm, I'm going to probably say Illinois is probably cradling Indiana. There you go. It's hot. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to go, I want to watch, I wonder if Crash is streaming somewhere. Probably just the uh, Sandra Bullock one. Jake, yeah, probably. Jake, you need to watch Crash. Yeah, I'm in. It sounded good. It's fucked up, dude. It's so fucked up. It is a fucked up movie. Dude, is it it NC-17? That sounds right. Yes, it is an NC-17 movie. Wow, one of the the four. Yeah, Showgirls being the other one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez, that movie. (laughs) That was the one that, that was the one that Verhoeven changed his fucking name. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Crash. That's a true story. Is Crash Crash from two thousand? Wait, is it? They don't it's not even, on. It's not on Prime and not on Netflix. Uh, it's nowhere. It is nowhere. I just checked the uh, Just Watch app. It is it is playing nowhere. Hey, uh, Jake, how you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> Good to hear. I'm ready. Ready for some food? Yeah, I'm ready to get. I'm ready to end this bitch. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much. How can people find you and listen to you? 
Uh, people can find me on the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, um, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. You can find me there talking about stuff, which is rock and metal music, science, toxicology, drugs, poisons, cats, lots of cats, parenthood, all that nice sort of stuff. Um, putting up episode 12 tomorrow, so um, check it out. I, I uh, introduced a new segment called Somebody Had to Ask, where I have a guest on, and we I subject them to 20 questions of Q&A with me, and it's dumb questions all the way up to serious questions. So That sounds fun. Um, it, it's, it's a lot yeah, of fun. That sounds and fun. it's a lot yeah. of fun to listen to. So. Is that something like where you're going to um, have different guests on, you're going to ask them the same 20 questions in the future? Mm-hmm. No, I've got a list of about 500 questions. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And I randomize, and sometimes I've done it three times so far. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Daling was our, my first guest. Um, so uh, I would have guessed that. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it was, I thought it went really well. Um, so now we're on our third time doing it. Um, and just keep doing it people keep listening so yeah. again nobody asked you kevin podcast yeah check it out people subscribe give it a listen give it a listen everybody nobody asked you kevin check it out kevin it's always it's always fun having you on that's why i wanted to have you on again so i really appreciate you taking the time staying up till 1 fucking 15 in the morning hanging out with us fucking yahoos i i thank you very much for having me on it's it's a, it's a blast and uh i love this podcast so much so Thank you again. This to is, both of you. I think it's probably one of our worst episodes, right, Jake? I, um, it's hard to say that because the, the bonus was so good that it makes me think this was good, even though that's probably an illusion. I, I think that's a, it's a, it's a trend now, I think, because the last, the first episode I was on was, I think, kicked off kind of like the, um, TV show karaoke. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was one of the worst ones, so. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a trend going here. I don't know. This episode, it's like, uh, for people that were wanting to listen to like real content, um, you know, like, I really want to hear like the real content. And, uh, they, they, they tuned in and here we are talking about, oh, let's cast a Kevin James movie. And then we start talking about, oh, vertical limit. And then we start, and I start talking about crash and, uh, Holly Hunter and masturbation and come. <laughs> I mean, it's just like people learned nothing. You know what I mean? If they came here wanting to get like real fucking content, they learned nothing. They came, they left with nothing. <laughs> they yeah. they they came in with their hands open. They're like, "Hey, give me give me some uh, content," and they they walk away with uh, Holly Hunter jizz in their hands. <laughs> I think we kind of made it a self fulfilling prophecy when we talked about how we should talk about more leftover pop culture. And That's true. That's what we proceeded to kind of do. That's true. That is true. That's a good point, Jake. I like that. I like what you. Said. <laughs> I like what you're saying, Jake. <laughs> I would happen. I would. I would happen to. I would have to agree with you there, sir. I don't know why I'm talking like that. It's really, yeah, yeah. It got real serious. It's really weird. But uh, well, thank everybody for listening tonight. <laughs> I think you're all wonderful people, and I really want to thank you for spending the time with us. And uh, just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, I want to thank you for your patronage. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> what? What's going on? What the fuck is happening? Hey, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, you stupid sons of fucks.
Yep. Later, bitches. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it take it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, turn culture, push over, pop culture, leftover. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Sure only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.